Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yeah. What up, what up, what up? What is going on, everyone? And welcome back to the FIGHT podcast, man. And welcome to episode one hundred oh man yo i can't stunt man i'm actually really really excited for this to be here this episode man look it's coming out a couple days later than i originally wanted it to come out but um a couple things didn't work out man i was trying to make it a um, more of a special episode but you know what man it is a special episode it's episode 100 um i am going to go ahead and break down all the fight action of this weekend and we'll go ahead and do a little bit of stroll down memory lane as well um, during this episode. Um, but on top of that, uh, we actually have uh, Brandon Camille. He's also going to end up being on this episode as well. So, yo, this is going to be a long one. All right. So I'm just going to warn you now. This is one of the longest episodes, if not the longest episode I've had. And uh, all in all, man, it's going to be a good time, man. So, yes, this is episode 100. I am your host, Serge Vicente. And, uh, yo, this is the Fight Podcast. Before we go ahead and jump into all the news and everything, we're brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share. The Fight Podcast is everywhere podcasts are available man so check us out google play itunes soundcloud spotify stitcher and everywhere else man so there it is all right um like i said man this is episode 100 and honestly today the day that i'm gonna go ahead and um releasing it is um with today is uh march 29th and um the reason today is actually special, and I'll be honest with you, man, I honestly didn't even plan it this way, but it is the exact to the day, one year anniversary from when I actually started the podcast or when we first released the podcast. Um, the first episode was recorded in February, but we didn't end releasing the show itself until March 29th, man. So a year to the day, 100 episodes, man. So boom 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 salute to us um check this out a couple of little stats and figures and stuff which has been pretty cool so within a year's time we have over 20 20 interviews with uh top quality fighters competitors media personalities 
We have over 100 episodes, man. And uh, each and every month, man, the our listenership has grown and grown and grown. We have a couple thousand listens per uh, per episode. So that is credit to you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And keep telling your friends, man. Keep telling everybody. Um, what else do we have coming up? I've been teasing this for a while. Um, so now I'm actually just waiting for the equipment to come in. We ordered some really dope stuff. And we're going to start doing some more visual components of the show. I can't wait, man. Um, we're trying to get us in, in a gym um, so that we could actually have a really, really dope visual component. But I'll also be doing um, IGTV prior to like the episodes big events and things like that um this year we're also going to make our way to events live i will be at the chicago ufc event and uh, we're doing everything we can to get to at minimum three huge events this year i want to be in the building for you guys so i can end up getting some like exclusive content leading up to some of the biggest events of the year that is something that we're um we're shooting for this year man so i'm excited man i i really do love doing this and this is for somebody who dude i grew up a martial artist i've been training since i was four years old i'm 33 and uh it, it's a lot of fun, man. It, it's I mean, being able to break down fight cards. And I mean, the fact that I've already done this, I have 100 episodes. Um, and you know what? Before I get and in, jump into patting myself on the back too hard, yo, um, I have to show a lot of love, not only to everyone who has been on the show that I have interviewed, but I have to show all of show love to all of my contributors, man. So um, I want to start off, obviously, with uh, the gentleman who started the show with me, um, who was one of our, the, our who was our earliest contributor, my boy Bryson Brownlee. Uh, he was on here a lot, man. And um, it was a, a pleasure to have him on here, especially when I was feeling my way through it. Shoney Carter, Mr. International, um, for those Chicago MMA fans I'm sure you know about him but uh old school MMA fans man if you do not know Shoney you don't know MMA man so go back and check it out but I want to thank Shoney Carter also um my brother from another mother man Derek Baker um it's one of my best friends in the world man and again salute to him um he actually just he and his uh lovely lady just had a baby uh last week um otherwise he actually would have been here um for the 100th episode as well he'll be back on the show at some point soon um and obviously man our guy brandon camille b cam he will also he'll actually be on this episode so um thank you so much man um all of you guys who have been on um also super important man natasha forzania man um my girlfriend Thank you, baby, so much. She has done so much for the show. She helped out a lot with the social media. She helped build the, not helped, she built the website, um, logos and everything. She had a huge, and she was an integral part of me actually starting this show, man. So, um, so definitely, and actually she's the voice that you hear in the beginning of the show um, with the, uh, the Fight Podcast intro, man. So, obviously um salute and uh you know i love you baby thank you so much um and i just want to thank everyone who has been a part of it man you guys have all and even the people that i'm not talking about um you know who you are um you all have been an integral part of the first hundred episodes but check it out i'm not 
gonna spend as much time on that because at the end of the day, look, yes, this is 100 episodes. Yes, this is a good time. Yes, this is a milestone. But fam, that is all it is. I plan on doing so much more with this show and I continue planning on bringing just exclusive content, a lot of fun stuff, and we will see. And again, this year we made a big jump. This upcoming year, we're going to make an even bigger jump, man. So uh, just keep your eyes and ears open uh, uh, for the pod, man, and everything else that we're going to be doing. Obviously, the YouTube page is coming out soon. Um a lot to do with Apple TV. And again, man, we're going to have just even more exclusive interviews, man. So everybody who's been involved in the show, I really do appreciate you guys. Um, uh, but Yeah, man, we're just planning on doing a lot, man, having a good time. Yo, I went back and I listened to some of the early episodes. <sighs> Yo, if you've ever done podcasting, do not listen to early episodes. It will hurt your heart. Like plain and simple, fam. It will hurt your heart, man. I... Look, I'm not saying that I'm Joe Rogan or anything even close to it at this point in time. Shit, I'm not even Andrew Schultz and like Charlotte and them. I'm, I'm nobody at this point in time. But, um, man, the time. Yo, listen to some of those early episodes. I didn't sound like I knew what the hell was going on. I was sitting there and, and it's funny. I'm listening to it and uh, you really start, you try to emulate other podcasts and other groups that you really appreciate so look man i'm a huge fan of the joe button podcast i've been listening to them when they started and they started about three years ago um i'm a huge fan of the joe rogan show and uh that's what i was trying to do i was trying to bring that type of vibe to it but at the end of the day yo that's just not me and um i think the show started reaching a little bit more successful we polish it up a little bit and now that we polished it up now we can kind of start doing our thing again and uh it, it, it's really been a good time man i'm gonna continue doing that uh obviously the equipment has gotten better the sound quality has gotten better the consistency has gotten better so um look this year man we gonna try to rip out not gonna try i'm gonna rip out another hundred easy it'll be another hundred easy this year um, we're probably going to try to do even more. We did 20 um, interviews last year. We're going to do even more this year, man. And uh, obviously, we're going to continue bringing some of the best fight. New- we're going to bring you all the fight news. We're going to bring you all the stuff, man. So everything else is uh, is Gucci, fam. We're going to continue bringing it to you guys um, best way we can. So look, that's my early spiel uh, about the podcast, man. Um, it, that's the early one about... Um, you know what we where we've come what we've been doing but look it, it's a moment in time it's a beautiful thing but we have so much more to come man so thank you all for listening thank you everyone who's been involved in the show but uh man this is light work we're gonna keep it pushing uh so this week look i'm just gonna go ahead and bring it up man we have some fire uh mma cards this year i'm gonna start off with uh, not this year uh <laughs> um this weekend uh this saturday we have um a great ufc event um it's a espm plus card and that is also going to be headlined by edson jr barbosa and uh justin gaishi man this is e- e- uh, ufc espm plus philadelphia big card yo big card um and i'm actually gonna spend some time not only talking about the espn card today i'm not gonna stunt it's a stacked card oh man excuse me um look the the, the card is completely stacked 
I'm going to break that down. I'm going to give you my fight picks. Um, we even have a couple of friends of the show that are on this um, on this event. Obviously, Super Sadiq um, Youssef. Uh, he is um, competing uh, in this event. I obviously have him picked to win. Um, and uh, so we have some other people that I break break down. Um, but honestly, more importantly, man, the biggest event of the weekend of the weekend by far it's not even close it has to be one championship they have their biggest or their company's biggest event it is in tokyo japan they're calling it the birthplace of martial arts i call it that too but uh they're in japan they have a st- stacked card it's ridiculous man i'm gonna break that down because um I think it's important. I think this card is special. And I think what what one championship is doing is, um, I don't know if it's going to change anything, but it's giving a, it's really pushing MMA on a world stage. Um, I don't know if I want to say even more than the UFC is, but they're doing it also. And I really do believe with one championship, the UFC Bellator with DAZN, PFL on ESPN. Within the next three years, Dana White's already calling it. But especially here in America, there's basketball, there's football, there's baseball, and then there's MMA. And all these other organizations, they're going to assist in that happening. And before you know it, man, look, the quality of MMA, the fighters are already top level. These guys are incredible and girls are incredible. But what we're going to start noticing is that we're going to start seeing some of these, especially the more money ends up coming into it. Because as of this point right now, unless you're Conor McGregor, you're not getting the same type of ducats as everybody else. All these other sports, I mean, if MMA, these guys were getting checks like the NBA and the NFL, we would have those caliber athletes in here. The more money comes into the sport, we will begin seeing these guys trickling into the sport. And then when we have those athletes, the LeBron James caliber athletes out there doing work, (sighs) dude, it's going to be scary. Like for real, thinking about somebody like, look, John Jones is an incredible athlete. John Jones is arguably the greatest fighter of all time. John Jones is the worst athlete in his family. Arthur and Chandler Jones, both D linemen in the NFL. Those are his brothers. John is the middle child. He's the middle child, man. He's getting his J. Cole on. But he's out there doing work. And we have an opportunity in, in the next few years to have this these caliber athletes also in their man. So look, I love what I'm seeing and um, and I love what one's doing, man. So we're going to go ahead and break what they're doing down um, very soon. Uh, but look, man, y'all don't know about one as much. So let's go ahead and jump into the UFC. We have Edson Jr. Barbosa versus Justin Gaethje um, headlining the events in Philly. And look, man, this card is is bonkers. Um where do I want to start? Where do I want to start? Let's see. 
Oh, there was also a Bellator event um, going on tonight, and I'll talk a little bit about that, but they don't really have any big names. Um, anybody on the prelims who I want to talk about? Okay, check it out. Um, on the early prelims, and I kind of hate that he was on the early prelims, but we had um, Ray Borg, who missed his missed weight uh, earlier today, uh, is going in there against um, uh, Casey Kenny. That's going to be an interesting match. During the regular prelims, man, Ross Pearson, fam, that dude is still getting busy. Um, he's out there fighting against Desmond Green. Uh, we also have, uh, like I said, man, our guy, um, we are Captain Holland, man. It's a good one, but forget all that, man. Let's go. Super Sadiq is on there. You know, he's going to get that young W. Uh, but let's talk about this main event, right? Let's talk about it. So the, I'm going to start from the bottom and, and work my way up, man. Actually, we are going to go ahead and start. No, no, I'll start with the top. Might as well. So we have the number sixth ranked. Edson Jr. Barbosa. He is a slight favorite. Um, he's a minus 140 favorite over Justin Gaethje, who is a uh, a plus 110 underdog. He's the number eight eight ranked guy in the division. Edson is the number six ranked in one of the again Shark Tank divisions. They're in the light. They're lightweights, man. Um, what do I think is going to happen? So look at their skill sets, right? For those of us who do not know these guys. Both of them, them are absolute savages. Justin Gaethje is the former WSOF that is currently the PFL's um, lightweight champion. He's had some rough times since he's come to the UFC. Started off his UFC um, with a bang, ended up getting a second round KO of uh, Michael Johnston, who's also on this card. He is, has, has since moved down and been beating the shit out of people over at uh, Buck 45. Um... But it seems like since he's been against some of the top guys in the division, Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier, he has been getting out techniqued and he's ended up walking into shots. What is Justin Gaethje good at? Justin Gaethje is good at fighting. Dude scraps. And he is one of, if not the most fan-friendly fighter in the UFC. He's an all-American wrestler, but he doesn't give a damn about taking you down. Justin Gaethje's one of those guys that wants to pretty much draw a line in the middle of the cage and punch each other in the face until somebody falls down. That worked until recently. And what other skill sets does he have? Not only does he have incredible power, incredible athleticism, he, like I said, he's an all-American wrestler. But being a wrestler, one of his biggest strengths are he lands nasty leg kicks. And for those of you who do not know and who've never ever been clipped with a leg kick, 100%, I'd rather get punched square in my face than take a solid leg kick. You can get punched in the face an entire fight. Boxers do it all day long. They go 12 rounds consistently get punched in the face and last through an entire fight. If you land a solid leg kick, your body could only take three, four, before it just tears up your entire game. It is one of the most devastating strikes in all of combat sports. 
That is one of those things, and that's one of the reasons that Thai boxing is so devastating. And that's why Thai boxing actually really translates the best as a striking sport in, in MMA. So, look, man, Justin Gaethje, like, absolute monster. Um, let me just pull up a little bit of his stats, right? 19 and 2, 71 inch reach. Um, 84% of his wins are by knockouts. I mean, look, average time of fights, 10, 10 minutes. So that means he usually gets people up out of there within two rounds. Um, sig- now, listen to this. Per minute, significant strikes per minute. This is utterly ridiculous. And honestly, this is one of the highest that I have ever seen. He averages strikes landed per minute. Eight and a half strikes per minute. This dude brings the pressure. He throws punches and bunches. He's trained over there elevation fight team with with um damn, I just for Trevor Whitman. Trevor Whitman, one of the best coaches in MMA. Those guys in Denver really know how to get down, man. Um now, look listen to this. This has a lot too. Justin Gaethje, even though he lands eight and a half strikes per minute, which is a lot, he absorbs Ten and a half strikes per minute. Surge, man, that means he's getting worked. No. What that means is that when he's coming downhill, yes, he does not mind taking a few to deliver his one. But if he also looked at pretty much his 83% KO percentage, he's getting people out of there. And that also means that his volume is breaking people. He is breaking people because people look, that means he's hittable. They feel like he's hittable. He's able to, they're able to get off. But he is so tough that he just continues coming downhill. He absorbs those shots. And then when you start to tire, that's when he gets rid of you. And that's what he did to Michael Johnson. And anybody who knows me, I love Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson, I think, is an incredible athlete. I think he's one of the, he's a, a super fun. Look, I'm trying to stop saying he's one of my favorites because it makes it seem like everybody's one of my favorites, which a lot of people are. Like, I'm a fan of the sport. What, am I, what else am I supposed to do? But um, it's, it's, it's really interesting, man, to see all this stuff, man. So Justin Gaethje, I think, is a savage. If he ends up winning this fight, he's right back into, into the title picture. Dangerous guy. With all that being said, I think he's going to take a loss. I think he's going to lose because he's going in there with one of the most technical strikers that we have ever seen in combat sports. All of combat sports. Edson Barbosa. Again, the number six ranked dude. 20 wins, six losses. Um, Obviously, he's in a current win streak. Um, Both of these guys are the same height. But look at the difference in arm reach. Justin Gaethje is 71-inch reach. Edson Barbosa has a 75-inch reach, right? Um, 60% of Edson's wins are by KO. He has conditioning. He doesn't have any conditioning issues. He will win a decision. That's no issue. Now check this out. Significant strikes landed. Four per, per minute. Strikes, strikes absorbed. Also, Four per minute for him. Defensively, he is actually better than Justin Gaethje. He has a 60% defensive advantage. So for him, 
he's great defensively. Yes, he is clipped, but he moves a lot as well, man. So you have to give him props for that. Um, who has the advantage grappling wise? I'd have to say Justin Gaethje just because because of his wrestling background. But Edson Barbosa is a black belt on the ground. And here's the thing. He's he's trained with some of the incredible guys up there in New Jersey. And now he's out there with American Top Team because he said his wife didn't like the cold. I ain't mad at her. I feel her. <laughs> My girl lives in L.A. What can I say? Like, it, it's it's nuts. Justin Gaethje wins a lot of fights by breaking people with leg kicks. Edson Barbosa throws the best leg kicks in the, in the organization. He's a kickboxer by trade. That's where he started. Muay Thai practitioner. He is one of the, he is the only person in UFC history that has finished multiple fights via leg kicks. Serge, what does that mean? That means he went out there, kicked somebody in the leg a couple times, and they tapped out because of the pain that they felt from getting kicked in the leg. Think about that. He kicks these dudes so hard that they don't even want to play no more. Bananas, fam. Completely bananas that he does that. Edson Barbosa is a beast. Um, Justin Gaethje has great leg kicks like I talked about, but you do not leg kick with a leg kicker. Why would you do such a thing? And honestly, even though Justin Gaethje knows he needs to take him down, Justin Gaethje knows he needs to bring the pressure. What did I say to start off? Justin Gaethje is a savage. And being the fact that he's a savage, the moment Edson Barbosa drops one of them big leg kicks, Justin Gaethje is going to try to hit one back. He's going to try to get him back. This fight is going to be extremely entertaining. I see it finishing with somebody getting carried out of there, and I think it's going to be Justin Gaethje, man. I think this is going to be an incredible fight. I got Edson Barbosa winning this one all day. Um, all right. The other, the rest of them, I'm not going to break down as in-depth, but uh, we have the number 11th, um, David Branch out of New York. Um, the Henzo Gracie Black Bellies fighting Jack Hermanson. Of course, I'm going with David Branch, man. I met him, one of the great guys of the sport, man. Um, he's a minus, this is almost a pick em fight though. I mean, he's a minus 105 favorite. Um, the aforementioned Michael Johnson is on this card and he's actually the underdog against Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett is a super tough dude. This is a featherweight bout, 145 pounds. Um, look, this is also a pick em fight. I have to go with Michael Johnson. I think Michael Johnson, even though Josh Emmett has crazy power. I think Michael Johnson's faster. I think he's faster. I think he has better hands. He's longer. I, I see him getting the job done. This is the other fight that I had a lot of. Uh, the ne This next fight, I really am looking forward to. We have Carolina Kowalkovic versus the karate hottie Michelle Waterson. Number nine versus number six. Michelle Waterson, number six. She's the plus 25 underdog, 125 underdog. Uh, Carolina, who is a former title challenger at Strawweight. She's the minus 155 favorite. Look, you want to make some cash? Put it on Michelle Waterson. Michelle Waterson, I thoroughly believe, um, is a more well-rounded fighter. She's great on the ground. She's incredible striking. She's a former Invicta Atomweight champion. 
Um, that's 105 pounds. She's a beast. She's proven that she could actually hang in there with the bigger women. Courtney Casey, uh, that was actually in her last win, is somebody who can fight up to 135 pounds. And she went ahead and did work. She took her down. She controlled her on the ground and she dictated the striking. Michelle Waterson is one of the best people in the sport. She's one of the great role models in the sport. She has a daughter. Her husband's her boxing coach. Michelle Waterson, look, man, she's super easy on the eyes. She and she's one of the OGs of the sport. Michelle Waterson, I thoroughly believe, is going to go out there and put them thumpers to Carolina. And look, that that's me saying this with Carolina. It's somebody who I really do respect. The only thing about Carolina is that I think that she really does fight with her head or with her hands low, her chin really high. Yo, you get clipped. And if we don't remember, man, her last fight was a devastating KO loss to Jessica Andrade, who's actually going to go ahead and fight for the championship against Rose Nama Yunus. I don't see this fight being going um, very well for Carolina. I don't know if she's had enough time off. And um, I, again, I see Michelle Waterson getting this done. All right. Um, yo, Nigeria, stand up. Um, we got Kenny. You know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I'm not gonna say his last name. Kenyan. Kenny's a beast. Uh, Ninjakawu. Uh, he's a beast, man. He's a negative t- uh, minus two ten favorite. Uh, Paul Craig's in there. Paul Craig's a tough dude. Uh, I got Kenny, and uh, we're gonna stick with Nigeria, man. Sadiq Youssef. Sadiq. He's in the building, man. Sadiq Youssef. If you guys haven't had an opportunity, he's been on the Fight Podcast before, and he will be back on the Fight Podcast soon, man. So. This guy is somebody who I'm extremely high on. I think that he is going to be someone who has title potential in the near future. Um, look, eight and one record, great striking, great dude. Come on, man, he has one of the uh, one of the best grappling coaches in the world over there. Um, and um, uh, he's a Lloyd Irving guy, man. Super tough, explosive, great boxing. Um, now look. Shaman uh, Morais, he's another super, super tough guy. I think this is going to be an exciting scrap. I definitely got Sadiq Yusuf winning, man. So look, all in all, um, this is, especially for a ESPN Plus card, I mean, fam, we got to love what we're seeing, man. This is a really, really entertaining card. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, yo, I really can't wait to, uh, uh, to see it, man. So keep your eyes and ears open for that, man. ESPN uh, Plus, that's going to be this Saturday. So, um, hey, man, uh, Sunday, we'll be breaking that down and we'll see how right I am. All right, look, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to go ahead and break down. You are, I'm sorry, one, um, one championships. It's huge event out there in Tokyo, Japan. All right, guys, so check it out. Remember, the Fight Podcast each and every week is brought to you guys by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Uh, Remember, the Fight Podcast not only offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring for people here in Chicago, but we offer consulting now, nutrition consulting, um, where we 
we go ahead and pretty much write uh, your grocery lists for you, as well as write um, the recipes for the coinciding um, nutritional um, grocery list. So uh, check that out today. And remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate and share go ahead and uh let everybody know we are everywhere that podcasts are available man so check us out today let your people know all right man we're gonna go ahead and jump right back into the show boom all right check it out we are back um like i said yo this weekend uh not only is there pretty fire card out in philadelphia um honestly the biggest heat of the month the biggest heat of the night has to come from one championship, man. Uh, one championship, um, they've been doing some great things, man. Uh, I know you've heard me talk about them over the last couple of months, them making big splashes with Demetrius Johnson, um, Eddie Alvarez, Sage Northcutt, and uh, much more, man. There's a bunch of guys over there. But not only do they have those type of guys, fam, they got Nikki Holskin, who's one of the nastiest kickboxers in the world. Not only do you have Nikki Holskin, you have, who's actually competing on this card, one of my favorite kickboxers of all time, Yatsin Clyde Fairtex. Um, and so much more, fam. So let me go ahead and really quick, I'm going to go ahead and go through this card. Obviously, a lot of these names uh, people don't understand. But one thing that I do want to go ahead and actually let people know about is, look, um, one FC's chairman um, and on and everything, he fully believes that um, one championship is the premier MMA in combat sports organization in the world. Um, they are crushing the game over in Asia. They are the premier um, MMA <laughs> um, uh, organization out there. And uh, yo, if you feel like waking up at 1.30 in the morning central time, you can go ahead and watch that event live, man. It's happening and this is their staple event. Uh, it is, um, as they said, and this is a little synopsis that they have written out, fam. Uh, they say one championship it ushers in a new era of martial arts in Japan with its inaugural show in Tokyo on March 31st um, with an astounding. And look, man, this is honestly uh, a big deal. This this card has four world championship bouts. Um, not only is it their biggest event, uh, at the top of the card, it's going to be one lightweight world champion, uh, Eduardo, uh, Folong, and he's going to defend his belt, um, in a rematch against martial arts, Japanese martial arts icon, Shinion Ok, um, Akoi. Uh, Akoi, man, is a beast. He's fought some of the who's who. He's fought Eddie Alvarez. Um, and that's going to be the headlining event, man. That's going to be incredible. Um, but not only are we going to see that, um, the three Coleman events, you have Adam Waite, world champion Angela Lee. Uh, I've spoke about her on the show before. She's an absolute beast. She's actually moving up in weight. She's trying to become a champ champ and uh, and go ahead and uh, move up to a buck 15. Standing in the way is Chinese powerhouse Xi Jing Nan, and she is a monster. At uh, she's a monster beast, heavy handed uh, straw weight world champion over there. 
Um, in addition, we have two Division One World Champion Ang Lai Sung. Um, he's defending his stra- his uh, his uh, strap against a uh, Japanese contender uh, Ken Hasegawa. Last year, they had one of the fights of the year in all of MMA, and now they're running it back, man. That should be a great one. Um, but obviously, we also have um, Kevin Belong fighting against Bibiano Fernandez in the um, uh, in the one Bantamweight World Championship. Also, and this is something that I love and I want to talk about, we have the, the debut of Eddie Alvarez. Former one of our former Bellator champ, former Dream champ, former uh, UFC champ at, at lightweight. He is making his debut uh, with one. We also have, in my per humble opinion, uh, MMA's GOAT. The uh, 125 pound king moving up to 135 pounds and fighting um, in the tournament there. We're talking about Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, um, who is going to go ahead and uh, fight. He's competing in one's lightweight and flyweight Grand Prix tournaments. Should I say they are respectively fighting those uh, competitions. Um, And this is in my humble. This is the one that honestly, out of all these fights, I am by far the most excited about to cap off this extremely cap card man we have two kickboxing legends and look i'm not even putting this out here lightly i'm talking about legitimate legends we have kickboxing legend andy sour Dutch sensation dude is an absolute beast please go back former K1 Grand Prix champ uh, against aforementioned Yasin Clyde Fairtex man two of the most decorated kickboxing world champions in a row here's one thing I'm going to say about this fight if you have not watched quality kickboxing I'm talking about kickboxing, not 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 PKA kickboxing bullshit that you've seen here in the States. I'm not talking about, you know, some karate kid nonsense. No, 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 no. If you have not seen real kickboxing and you want to see two legends, two people who I'm talking about the we're, we're looking at Roy Jones Jr. fighting against Bernard Hopkins in his prime type legends. That is what's happening again with Andy Sauer and Yachts and Clyde Fairtex. I can't wait to see this fight. This is a rematch from 10 years ago. Close decision. Andy Sauer beat Yachts and Clyde. And uh, now we have an opportunity. Yacht has beaten everybody. Andy Sauer has been away for about two years. And now we have Yachts and Clyde coming back. What makes these guys so special? And then, yo, I'm be honest with you. I, I to this day, I cannot understand why people don't love kickboxing. What is it about kickboxing that? What is it about boxing that we love? We love that they stand and bang. What part about MMA do we love? We love when they stand and bang. What do they do in kickboxing and Muay Thai? Guess what? They stand and bang. There's no grappling. It is meant to be quick. It is meant to be hard hitting. And check it out. Andy Sauer and Yatsen Clyde are going to give you guys that all in all. Yatsen Clyde is somebody whom, and again, yo, both of these dudes have well over 100 fights. 
well over 100 fights. Yad has well over 80 KOs. Huge power. He's a southpaw. He lands devastating kicks to the body and he lands a huge right hand. He, no matter from the first round to the last round, that dude is trying to get you. He is walking you down. He is hitting people in the mouth. Dude is an absolute beast. Earlier, late last year, he made his one championship debut. And ever since he has been with one, he's done nothing but knock people's faces completely off. If you are a fan of violence, if you are a fan of combat sports, you need to watch this fight. Andy Sauer, on the other hand, great combinations, quick movement, footwork, changing angles. This is going to be incredible, man. Great fight. Um, and again, uh, we get an opportunity. So let me just go ahead and let, let's break some stuff down. All right. Also on this card, and dude, this card is so stacked. Gary Tonin. Gary Tonin, who arguably is the greatest grappler currently competing in any sport. Out of the United States, Henzel Gracie, black belt. Absolute monster. Gary Tonin is competing in this event. Uh, he's fighting Anthony Engelel from Indonesia. Um, I obviously thoroughly under, uh, expect Gary Tonin to win. And, um, yo, I'm going to be honest with you, man. All in all, man, when you look at One, One is one of those organizations, man, that I really believe that they're doing everything right. They feel as if that they are the, what do I say? They feel like they are the, pre, like I said, premier MMA organization. They're like, we, we, we don't give a damn about shit talk we don't give a damn about selling a fight we all we care about is quality fights great athletes warrior code um and when you hear things like that man a lot of times you know what look it, it's people don't think too highly of it man but look i'm gonna pull this up and this is from uh one uh ceo uh charity um Chatiri Sitiatong and dude is a beast, man. He's like I love what he's doing. But he was on with MMA Fighting's Mark Ramundi recently, and this is what he had to say about one in comparison to some of these other organizations. Want to show authentic martial arts and bring back the good in in the word martial arts. I, I you know, for me as a lifelong martial artist, I do feel that the word uh, mixed martial arts um, has been tainted severely by the West. I think that the West has taken uh, the physical aspects of martial arts and, and glorified it and, and taken it to some extremes where anger, hatred, controversy, you know, steroids, cocaine and all these, uh, you know, ugly stuff that we see. That's not martial arts. You come to Asia, Jackie Chan, that's martial arts. Bruce Lee, that's martial arts. Humility, honor, respect, integrity, good people. If you think about why parents send their kids in, in, in Asia to martial arts schools, it's not to become a vulgar human being. It's so that they learn humility, honor, respect, courage, and discipline, and they learn work ethic. Um, that's literally why, you know, if you look at a 5,000 year history of Asia, the bedrock values of Asia as a continent come from martial arts. I so check it out, man. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. Do I believe Look, I, I feel what he's saying, right? Um, 
Yo, those are definitely shots fired at the UFC. If you're looking at it, man, that that's shots fired. That's somebody whom is going out there. He is um, pretty much calling the UFC out. He's sitting there saying like, look, man, these dudes, they're out there wilding. Every week we got somebody else popping with steroids. Every other week we have somebody, you know, wilding out acting wild throwing dollies through window you know he's good up on coke we know it we know what's going on and he said that's not the martial arts way now one thing i'm gonna say is this here's the thing yes in the west in america here in the states yo fam we love the drama how many people watch the kardashians goofy asses every week come on man that, that's what sells. So I get it. It's fantastic to see in the organization that's all about, you know, just we're about business. We're not about all the extra nonsense. This is what we care about. And I think that honestly, it's going to translate in the long run. I think they're going to end up getting great organiz- great events. They're going to get great fighters because guess what, man? A lot of these fighters really don't enjoy that aspect of the game. Demetrius Johnson, prime example, he did not care about that. He's like, what the hell am I going to go out there and, and talk shit to this dude? We have to fight. Eddie Alvarez, another one. Yo, fam, we have to fight. Sage Northcuts, come on, man. That, that's the nicest guy on the planet. You know he don't want to talk shit. So this is an organization for martial artists who want to go out there and honestly do work. Um, do I agree with Ch- uh, Chitari? Look, man. He, he he's selling he's selling here his organization i get it but i love what they're doing and this the fact that they have quality kickboxing i'm talking about legends they have current legends former legends they have champions you put four fights together man you have to love what uh one championship is doing this event is incredible fam if you have not had an opportunity to watch angela lee again another one she's easy on the eyes and she'll whoop your ass i'm loving watching these people compete man ang lang sung he trains down there in florida he trains down there with kamara usman and those boys we just don't know about him because he fights over there he's a champ champ already Light heavyweight champ, um, middleweight champion, and he's defending his belt. Man, this is a compelling matchup. Here's the thing also, look at it. Eddie Alvarez, Demetrius Johnson, both guys fighting in Grand Prix, both guys fighting in tournaments. Man, it doesn't happen. And it's not like they threw him out there to fight against bums. Yuya, who Demetrius Johnson's fighting, is a monster. These are dangerous opponents that they're going to go out there and compete against. Um, But again, I thoroughly uh, expect Demetrius Johnson and Eddie Alvarez to go ahead and hold gold um, by the end of uh, their tenure there at one. Um, I'm excited about it, man. Let me just make some fight picks real quick. Um... Look, man, I'm going with uh, with the main event. I'm going with Edward uh, Fulang. I'm going with Angela Lee. 
in the co-main. I'm going Anglang and Sang uh, in the uh, the from Maymar and uh, hit in the middleweight championship fight. I'm going with Bibiano Fernandez to go ahead and get his belt back at bantamweight. He is also Demetrius Johnson's jujitsu coach. Obviously, I'm going with Demetrius Johnson. I'm rocking with Eddie Alvarez. And unfortunately, I cannot go with the legend Andy Sauer. I am rocking with Yasin Clyde. Uh, fair text, yo. Um, again, this is going to happen at 1.30 a.m. But one of the dope things about One is fam. They have these on YouTube right afterwards. So you can check it on the app. But you could also see all the matches in full. Fam, that don't happen. All these matches in in full we have an opportunity to see these on youtube directly after the fights man so when you, you guys wake up at whatever o'clock in the morning or better yet when you have when you go ahead and you get in from the club tonight if you still feel a little saucy you got some pizza in you you want to keep the party rocking yo go ahead and you love fights go ahead and turn on one uh they have an incredible event um and again it's his own free you can go ahead and throw it on youtube and just stream it they're working with TNT, fam. So I look, I, I love everything that's happening with one. I love what they're doing. Um, and they really are starting to, I don't want to say separate themselves, uh, but they're definitely doing work, man. All right. So check this out. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Um, that's pretty much all my fight talk for the. Oh, it's not. Dude, where's my head at? Uh, yo, there are some uh, fight announcements that I 100% needed to talk about, man. Let me pull this up. There are some fire cards coming up soon, and um, the UFC just keeps on dropping some fire for us. Uh, and not only them, the, uh, I'm going to start with Bellator. Bellator, middleweights are back. Gegard Musasi is fighting Rafael Lovato Jr. Rafael Lovato Jr. is one of, if not the most decorated American jiu-jitsu practitioner in the world. Has knockout power. He's going out there and fighting one of, and I'm going to say it again, one of my favorites, Gegard Musasi. Gegard Musasi, somebody who should have fought for the UFC title. The current Bellator middleweight world champion. The former Strike Force and, um, and Dream Strike uh, middleweight and light heavyweight world champions. Gegard is one of the best to ever do it. Um, he's fighting against then. Jorge Masvidal is back. And I'm so excited about this one, man. Jorge Masvidal is um, getting what Ben Askren was asking for. Ben Askren said he wanted the winner of Darren Till and uh, Jorge, and he's getting what he asked for. That's going to be a fight between him and uh, Jorge Masvidal in July. Uh, I can't wait to see that one. Francis Ngannou, dude, and come on, fam, I called this. I said the winner of uh, JDS and um, and the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, should get Ngannou next, and guess what? We got it. Heavyweight fireworks, fam. We got Francis Ngannou versus Junior Dos Santos slated for UFC 239 on that same card in July. That should be a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, what? I felt like there was another big one. Nope, that's it. All right, guys, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we return, um, I will be joined by my boy, 
Brandon Camille, man, and uh, me and Brandon, man, we're going to go ahead and talk about all the boxing news of the week, as well as some of the boxing fights um, in the weekend, and I don't even going to talk about some of these fights on the weekend, uh, he's going to let his thoughts and everything be known about the 100th episode, man, so uh, enjoy that, and uh, yeah, <laughs> let's, take a, let's take a quick break, and uh, let's talk for here about Sage Eats. So check this out, guys. If you want to work out, but you don't like having a trainer just all over your back, talking trash, he's talking on the phone, flirting with chicks, doing whatever they're doing, man, wearing the short shorts and the super tight, snug t-shirts. You don't want to deal with that anymore. Look, Sage Eats is here for you. What Sage Eats does is we pretty much have a trainer without having a trainer. Sage Eats is does fitness mentoring the right way. We do online programming, right? Workouts specifically for your goals and needs. We don't care if you're trying to get jacked. We don't care if you're trying to get lean. Either way, Sage Eats is here for you. They help you out with not only putting together the proper workout to pretty much benefit you, they have weekly check-ins with your fitness mentor. So the fitness mentor not only is going to help you with your workout and writing your programming specifically to your goals, they're going to help you out with your nutrition. Not only are they going to help you out with your nutrition, sending you you know weekly nutrition plans, they also sit there and give you progressions and weekly consultations throughout the week you need to check this out man this is only a buck 25 a month man not a buck 125 dollars per month but if you act right now you get a 15 percent discount with sage eats using the promo code fight check them out sage eats is here with their fitness mentoring ready to get you jacked man so go on the website www.sageeatschicago.com ask for inquiry man one of your fitness mentors will get back to you within 24 hours uh so check out sage eats today and follow us at at sageeatschicago.com all right let's jump back into the show and my conversation with brandon camille Surge. Yo, yo, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I didn't have my, uh, it was my fault. Sure. Sure, yes, sir. It's all good, man. It's all good. How's everything? How you doing, bro? Ooh, everything's all right, man. Can't complain too much. Uh, another week in the Beantown. Uh, opening day, MLB today. I think the Yankees got to win, so that is nice. Uh, still suffering from uh, losing OBJ. That's going to burn for a long time. <laughs> uh, work is going all right. Can't complain. Excited for some boxing this weekend. So uh, everything is everything. How are you doing? Dude, I'm chilling, bro. I'm, uh, you know, I said just, you know, how it is, man. Winding the day down. Um, I, I was actually sitting here. I'm cracking up right now, man, because I was sitting here i think it was uh, a couple months ago i think it had to be around christmas time and it was uh errol spence and terrence crawford like after a fight got to uh, like got to, to talking shit to each other back and forth uh backstage at some event and uh it's like a 16 minute clip like bob arum's there they're in each other's face like it, it it's friendly but at certain times it gets kind of heated uh it, it's funny just looking at both of these guys kind of especially now looking at how that division's going and uh, it's almost like seeming like that that matchup is inevitable um just kind of seeing how they go back and forth at each other seeing the, the different personality types also and i am be honest with you looking at both of them head to head like just next to each other and seeing the demeanors man i i still i still gotta rock with spence 
Yeah, I'm rocking with Spence right now. Um, I think it's an interesting fight, and it can really go either way. I don't think that there's a right pick here, but it's exciting news to talk about. And I know we got some coming up later on the show today. Yeah, we do, man. We do. But uh, no, nah, it, it was just something that was just fresh in my mind right now, man. So I was thinking about it. You're talking about, uh, I guess, the clip where Errol Spence was wearing that red hoodie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was backstage at one of the fights. I can't remember. I think maybe in Brooklyn? I think so. I, th- I think it was one of those. I remember when it came out, I was just looking at it again. It was just funny looking at it, you know, after you know giving it some time to breathe. And now mm-hmm. revisiting it, especially after this last fight, it was pretty, pretty dope checking it out. Definitely, definitely, definitely. It's a lot of talk going around about those two right now. But Terrence Crawford has a fight in front of him. He needs to focus on that. Amir Khan is someone he should beat, but he's definitely not a slouch. Bro, you sent me that clip where Amir Khan's over there trying to talk spicy. (laughs) I was like, wow. You can't even even fake being tough. Oh, bro. It, It was some of the most forced shit talk I've ever seen, man. It was it was weird. It was like nice guy shit talk. But here's the thing, man. Most times, like, yo, that British accent, man, you get you get some of the best shit talkers out of that part of the world, man. Like, they know how to talk shit. So when you sent me the clip, I can't lie, I was expecting to see, like, I was like, oh, shit, Amir Khan kind of going back and forth with a little curly mustache. He's, he's getting his swag on. Nah, not at all, bro. That, that, was, was, that was trash. It's like, hi, Sergio. I'm showing up to fight you on April 20th. <laughs> Be ready. <laughs> I was like, uh... America, you're a boxer. You're already known for having a glass chin. At least give us like something. Fam, fam. It, it was, yeah, and he looks malnourished right now. I don't know, man. I, I don't know how that's going to work out for Buddy. It might be a rough I mean, one. I mean, I mean, I mean, do you really not know how it's going to work out for him? I think we all know how it's going to work out for him. Look, man, here's the thing. We don't, though. None of us do. I have an idea. I think I know what's going to happen. But look, man, you said it's yourself. Yo, this is somebody who didn't he had a go. He won a gold medal. I mean, that says something. I mean, the dude is somebody who's, you know, he can but he can fight. And here's the thing. I'll put it like this. Even when he fought Canelo, he was in the fight until he wasn't. Yeah, he was definitely in the fight against Canelo because he was doing well with his movement. That's not something he's going to be able to do with Terrence Crawford. He's also had a little bit of inactivity, especially at the elite level over the past few years. So he has an uphill battle ahead of him. And I think that's probably an understatement, given that he's fighting a top five pound for pound fighter in the world. And the difference between an Errol Spence and a Terrence Crawford is Errol Spence, I think he can be content, as we saw with Mikey Garcia, outboxing someone to a 12 round decision. Terrence Crawford is a little bit more aggressive. He's going to take a few more risks, and he really wants to get you out of there. So he has a dog in front of him, someone who moves very, very well to counter his movement. Obviously, Amir Khan has always been known for his hand speed, so that will be there. But that starts to fade by round five. Hey, Seven man, rounds we'll left see. in the fight. Look, I, like I said, I, I think I already think that uh... – I mean, look, man, easy money says Crawford wins, right? Uh, I expect him to win. I expect him to put on the show. But I just hope that people don't sleep on Amir Khan. But, yo, that trash talk was just trash. It, it was it was some of the worst I've, I've heard. It was bad. <laughs> in Amir Khan's defense, I mean, he, he does some good things in terms of boxing. And honestly, I mean, the betting, line, the betting lines are probably going to be wild. Oh, <laughs> crazy. Oh, absolutely. 
I, I can't wait to see it like when you know the day of the fight like what how how you know the discrepancy is gonna be man but it's gonna be good man uh but look i can't wait to see that fight it's coming up what <sighs> super soon when how far when is it when is that coming up <laughs> they got that fight on 420 yeah my mother listens to this podcast (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna enjoy watching that show sipping to say the least (laughs) that's what's up Uh, actually i won't enjoy watching it because i won't be watching it on live television that's definitely something that i'm going to stream um it's not worth pay-per-view money and actually that's a pretty stacked card some really, really good undercard, young talent on the undercard. So I'm excited about that piece of things. Mm-hmm. However, Terrence Crawford, Amir Khan, pay-per-view. Yeah. I, that, that was a reach. Dude, I, it, I think it was a reach. I, I, and I think that was a misplay. I don't think they're going to make as much on that as I think they believed that they were going to make. Um, Does he outsell? Errol Spence. No, we we gotta find a way no. to put him put him against each other. Yeah, since they're he, not in the ring yet. Yeah, yeah, and they're gonna do that. And Spence is going is gonna go ahead and and they'll blame it on the, they'll say it's because of Garcia. They'll be like Mikey Garcia is on his own right, so that's why they did it. This was on pay per view. That well, no, that was on pay per view. Also, I don't know. It's it's gonna be difficult. I I don't see them. I don't see them having a gate like they did at Cowboy Stadium, and I don't see them having a, uh, I don't see as many people buying pay-per-views either. It's not going to be the same. The original numbers that I saw for Errol Spence were around 400 or 440 in terms of pay-per-view buys. Okay. The most recent number I saw today, I think, was an ESPN headline that said 360. So somewhere in that range of 400,000 buys yeah, yeah. is what Errol Spence will be shooting for. Amir Khan is a good dance partner. He's going to have a lot of pull on in terms of uh, that market in the UK. But Mikey had a lot of pull with the Mexican market. Did, so oh, Mikey uh, has a big fan base. I mean, it, I mean, it, the Mexicans, they ride with solid people. boxing fans. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, 100 so, percent. I mean, he has that advantage as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, but it'll be an interesting stat to watch. Uh, and I'm interesting how some of the young talent. You got Tiafimo Lopez on that card, I believe. <laughs> Um, Shakur Stevenson and Felix Verejo. Verejo. Verdejo, I think. Verdejo. Yeah, yeah. I'm That's your sure. guy, man. Yeah, Puerto he's Rico. good. Yeah, he's good. He's really good. I, I liked him until he surprisingly just decided he wanted to get knocked out. Look, man. Hey, when you start slinging them things, man, it's bound to happen sooner or later. So whatever. Just, I mean, I, that fight. He looked really, really polished coming up. He's someone I followed since. You know, he really burst on the scene a few years ago and the fight that he got knocked out, he just threw and through. It, it wasn't like a lucky shot. And that's mm-hmm. what was alarming about it, because mm-hmm. he had such a promising future. Uh, Puerto Rican, I believe he got a nice rub from Miguel Cotto. Yep. And then he just has a bad showing. Is that a lack of focus for someone I mean, that's a bit younger or? You know what, man? And and I think I think people ha- like some days you just have a bad day at the office. And I mean, we look at people like Tyron Woodley, who just came off like that. Um, who else? Uh, um, Darren Till. There's other people in, in the sports, in the combat sports world, where you look at and they've said, "Man, I, I was just flat today. It just, I just, I don't know what it was. Maybe I was overtrained. Maybe like I peaked at the wrong time. I mean, so we never know, especially when we see somebody with so much promise and then they 
I mean, just just pretty much lay an egg. Uh, I, I think that's what, for instance, we see like these great fighters. You know, that's why you got to give people like Floyd so much credit, right? He, he, I feel so. like I feel like that's something you usually hear from fighters who are a little bit older. Not old as in we're about to retire, but at least maybe late twenties before you're seeing someone that's like, nah. hey. I had a bad day. Nah, man. I mean, I think that's just, I mean, think about like this, at least the way, this is the way I think about it. And and look, I, you know me, you, you've heard me on here. To, like if somebody shits the bed, they shit the bed. And I'm, and I'm quick to sit there and be like, yo, that was a trash, uh, you know, day. But I also understand that. Yeah, man, some days it just, you, you're just not there. And we all have days we go to work and it's just not that we just don't have good day at work. The difference is we don't got to do that one day at work in front of however many hundred thousand people you know and 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 live and you have somebody else punching me in the face at the same time so absolutely not yeah so i mean that's one of those things that you gotta like he's young he has so much promise i'm still gonna lay on the side that look he just had a bad day now don't get it twisted he goes back out there he shits the bed again okay now we got an issue you know what i mean like now there's something wrong but uh i mean look he's a young man he could take an l right now he's still early in his career he could still have an incredible career no you're absolutely right and he could have he could have had a bad day personally i believe on a bad day he shouldn't he should have been able to take his opponent that day because they were still hand picking cherry picking his opponents but anything happens you know this is the theater of the unpredictable here in boxing so um we'll see how it plays out for him he still has a lot of talent especially offensively so i'm interested to see where it goes and if he can reestablish himself as a contender we'll see we'll see i i got faith in him man um you know it's funny you we were talking about last time we were talking about um what's it called uh the uh, espn plus and you know how it works for especially now that they're like the exclusive distributor for pay-per-views for um for mma for the ufc uh on there and at first like i said i was thinking like yo more visibility whatever but um man not the more i've thought about it and i've read into it man that's terrible yeah, you have to explain that one it's terrible man so here's the reason that they ended up doing it and and again remember they they sit there and the entire model itself is always built on on um on pay-per-view buys right and stars so you want stars you can push the narrative so you have the ufc you have the conor mcgregor's you know ronda rousey um brock lesnar right so those guys are out there they're able to go ahead and push a narrative and as the bigger they get they're able to take more and more control of the company right they need pay-per-view buys so that's the thing again the company and the the thing is these people and that's why connor was flipping his shit when they're like we want you to be the co-main event so when you if you're the main event you get pay-per-view points these guys are sitting there that's how you make like life-changing money right you go over there you're getting your uh, your pay-per-view points these are that's how you know connor's leaving these potatoes can, can, can you just explain exactly how the pay-per-view points work so if i get pay-per-view points for one fight do they carry over to the next fight no so that's how you get paid like so forever if you you they get like connor's had some what four million pay whatever two million views right too many two million buys so he gets a percentage off of each one of those pay-per-views. So gotcha. that's how these guys end up getting, you know, instead of, you know, their take home might have been a million, but they ended up pocketing 10. 
You know what I'm saying? It's it's that's how they end up getting that. Like that's how they get that big money. And do so, we ever get insight into the what those pay per view points equate to in cash? They they don't put those out there often, as they should. Yeah, yeah. They they rarely put those out there. But so you have these guys that they're able to go ahead and do that, right? They're getting their their pay per view buys. They're they're doing that. But there was such a huge time where Conor McGregor took off, and it kind of messed up when Conor McGregor fought uh, Floyd Mayweather. The two of them end up fighting, right? Conor McGregor's at his peak. He's dictating what's happening because, you know, at the end of the day, they didn't want to have that fight. But he was going to be able to pretty much push the narrative. I'm, he got almost bigger than the organization. And the thing is, the UFC always prided themselves that we're the, we're the shield. You know, we're, we're what's important. So once they did that, Conor took this whole time off. They signed with ESPN. And the whole thing, again, you got to get these buys, 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 right? Now, these mugs, when, with the ESPN deal, they pretty much always have 500,000 pay-per-view or pay-per-view buys regardless because of the ESPN. That was part of the contract. So they already got the a number of buys that you need in order to pretty much end up being, you know, getting the dollar amount that you need for the end of the year. Anything over that that they get to, let's say they do have a huge pay-per-view, that's just extra gravy. So already the contracted amount, they're making the money that they want to already, which ends up saying, and that's why now fighters don't have any power anymore. You can't push the narrative. Conor McGregor was the last we're going to see like that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And speaking of Conor McGregor, retirement. Nah, I, I, I mean, and again, that's the thing. He's trying to... I don't believe it. He's done this. He did this in 2015. He he does this every time he's trying to do in contract negotiations. Um, but right now he has way more than fighting to worry about. He has he's he, he there is a case out right now against him about uh, like a rape case in Ireland right now that he got to worry about. He got a lot going on. He got a lot going on, man. So look, does he fight in the UFC again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I think it's going to be sometime around July, August still at this point. Oh, you think like this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no no doubt. I was thinking like, okay, maybe people get off his back. Maybe they're not expecting him to fight. But I I, mean, I think this, been... this year is a, is a lot to expect for him to come back, especially when he just seemingly fake retired. It didn't seem super real anyway bro but, but to, i don't expect this year the same day he was quoted in an interview talking about he they're about to finish a deal with another fight like he's been contradicting himself left and right you know what i'm saying so i mean that's just a play you know for uh for contract negotiations that's all that is and the thing is we, we've seen it before He's ready to fight. He was. He almost fought. He like they were. They were close to signing a a deal. You don't get close to signing. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm done. Especially a prima donna like that. Super prima donna. What weight class do you see him fighting in next? Because he's, he's a he's a lightweight. That's, that's, I don't see that. That's okay. That's some casual fan shit, bro. Well, like, I, I feel like I feel like I've heard him speak about fighting nah, in different. Nah, ways. man. He, 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 he's just talking I, I, shit. I do not not claim to be a casual fan. Yeah, man. Definitely but, a casual UFC fan. Yeah, I know, man. But it's just like the MMA. Uh, but buddy, really? Go ahead. Buddy is just like he's a lightweight. 
that's the weight class he's fighting in like all that extra shit he fought nate diaz which i hate the narrative everybody talks about how much bigger nate diaz was in him oh my god this giant nate diaz they fight at the same weight class they neither of them cut weight that's all that happened in that fight they just didn't cut weight so how is he a bigger guy he's just taller like so dumb i hate that narrative so as much as i am a casual fan i was more so trying to give you a nice segue opportunity to what for what our first topic how does that segue into the first topic Conor McGregor, <laughs> weight class, Usyk, Usyk moving up in weight. Oh, that was trash. No, man, didn't that see it at all. That was not that trash. <laughs> that was not that trash. <laughs> all right, well, look. I, I was we're... setting you up. Oh, well, man, look. I mean, I missed the pass. My bad, man. All right, look, jumping into it. Uh, cruiserweight champ, man. Usyk, dude is a beast. Uh, I think bo- both both of us have him in our, our top five pound for pound. Um, but the cruiserweight champion is moving up in weight. And he and he's moving up to heavyweight. He hopes to fight Anthony Joshua in the near future. Yo, so I got a two part question for us, okay? Do you believe Usyk can win and can compete and win at this weight class? Where do you think at this point in time, right now, where does he stack up in the top ten? And yo, if he, you think he compete, do you think he can beat AJ? And only reason I say AJ, my bad to cut you off. Only reason I say AJ is because they they are calling AJ out. Aside from that, I wouldn't have said anything about AJ. I would say one of the top guys, but that's who they are, they are looking at at this point in time. Surge, last week and really that was just a couple of days ago. We did our top five pound for pound rankings. We both agree that Alexander Usyk is definitely a top five pound for pound fighter. Yes. In my opinion, in my humble opinion, the second he steps into that ring, he's a top five heavyweight. And here's why. Well, we ranked him top five pound for pound based off of his accomplishments at cruiserweight. But in terms of his pound for pound rankings, he's, in my opinion, way higher than any of the other heavyweights. So the second he steps in that ring, based on his skill level alone, he has to be a top five heavyweight. The only question that we have about Alexander Usyk at this particular moment is his power. And that's because he's moving up a weight class. But And his chin. Out, and potentially his chin. But, I mean, any 300-pound man lands 300 pounds on your chin there's only so much that you can do so i don't i i don't think chin is as much of a of an issue for anybody at the heavyweight division because at a certain point it just doesn't matter there's not as many is he getting hurt does he recover it's more so you know he gets hit he gets knocked out a lot of times so you do see fighters get hurt we saw deontay wilder ortiz we saw AJ against Klitschko, Klitschko, but Chin typically isn't the topic of conversation in the heavyweight division just because those guys are in there slugging, my opinion. But I think, so I, with that being said, I think the lone concern about him 
is his power. And that's not a huge concern for us. Now, outside of that, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with me and let me know if I'm wrong that his boxing skills are A1. A1. So you could almost say that he's automatically a better version of Tyson Fury because he's easily a better boxer than Tyson Fury. Maybe Fury's bet a little bit better defensively. He moves his head a little bit more, whereas Usyk's defense is more about controlling distance, more similar to an Errol Spence. But those those are the only questions. And if he's a better boxer than Fury, someone who's performed at the top level of that division, as he's shown with Klitschko and Deontay Wilder, then Usyk is right there. Yes, I would love to see how he stands up against someone's power, but it may really never be an issue. Now, can he compete? Can he beat AJ if they went head to head? Personally, I think he competes very well against AJ. I would not be surprised to see him outbox him to a decision at all. Here's why. AJ can be flat-footed, and he's gotten better with his movement, but he's just not on the level of Usyk in terms of movement. AJ also, as we know, and we agree here, he's not great with his head movement. So someone like Usyk, who's a rare type of heavyweight, like a Miller, who's a volume puncher, he's going to pick him apart all night. Now, at the same token, with that style of volume punching, he'll have to take plenty of risk. And we all know that one shot in the heavyweight division can change it all. So I understand that. But when I watch Usyk fight, I typically see him pick fighters apart, really study them, understand them in the early rounds. And he has another gear that he kicks it up to in those later rounds. And we've seen that over and over, especially with someone like Tony Blue. So someone like AJ, I think Usyk can pick him apart in those earlier rounds and pick his shots because he doesn't load up on every single shot. But he's going to force AJ to fight at a higher pace because AJ's volume output just isn't going to be there to keep up with him. And if he wants to stay in the fight on points, then he's going to have to fight at a faster pace. Now, with AJ fighting at a faster pace, those big muscles are going to start to fill up with that lactic acid in those later rounds. So when someone like Usyk is going into the ne- that next gear that he has, will AJ be able to keep up? I don't necessarily think so. So I think he can definitely outbox AJ to a decision. Um, I think there are multiple ways that Usyk can win this fight. I think AJ's only path to victory here is by knockout. You done? Floor is yours. Oh, dude, man, that was that was, that was something. All right. You asked me a two part question. Ah, oh, man, dude. Uh, <laughs> look, man. Um, can Usyk compete? Absolutely. You're right. I mean, he's in he's in both of our top fives. Uh, I think he's in a lot of people's top five. He moves extremely well. Um, and if I'm gonna rank him right now. Probably four, I would say. You got to have the big three. And then, man, at this point in time, maybe I'll put him slightly over Ortiz. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. Yeah. So that that's kind of the order I'll have him in. Um can he fight against AJ? Man, it, it really depends. I have to see how he fights at heavyweight. You're right. Um, I, I think, un- unlike you, I think a chin does matter. Yeah, I think that's something, that, again, we talk about chins all the time. We talked about a chin when Tyson Fury got his ass up after Deontay Wilder whacked him. We said how important that was. We talk about chins. Um you know, people not having chins. We talk about dude being, we talk about Anthony Joshua being able to get up from Klitschko blasting him. So people talk about chins all the time. It's a big part of the sport, especially at heavyweight, because if you can actually take a shot, you know, and deliver one of your own, I mean, again, that's the thing. People talking about, um, we don't know the the damage, let's say. People are talking trash. We not know the damage that a big baby uh, can, uh, can take. We don't know if he has the power, is what I'm saying. So we don't know if Big Baby has the power to hurt Anthony Soaks because he has more of a chin. And that's what people end up talking about. So I, that's the only reason I say I disagree in terms of that. So chin does matter. So does he have the chin, right? Does he have, does his power translate? Um, and also one of the things, he does dictate pace at his weight class. But he's also the taller, longer guy a lot of times at his weight class. Now he's going to be in there with guys who are going to be longer than him. For instance, he's only 6'3". Not only oh, 6'3 is huge. I know. But, uh, you only 6'3 know, only for the heavyweight division is accurate. True. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's only 6'3. He has a 77-inch reach. Anthony Joshua has an 84-inch reach. Okay? And he's 6'6. Six, six. Deontay Wilder is 6'7, I think. Uh, Tyson Fury is 6'9. How is he going to do because he does dictate pace and all these guys, all three of them, those big guys know how to use a jab. They, they use it and they use it often and they use it well. The three of them do. So I wonder how he's going to deal with the length. I think he's going to be faster than a lot of those guys. I think he's going to have better boxing. He's going to have a lot better movement. But is that jump for him? And again, it might not be an issue. He might go in there and box everybody's face off, and he does carry power. He might just go and knock people out, whatever. We don't know. Um, but right now, I mean, yeah, sure. He, of course, he can compete. Um, I think he'll give him problems, but I do believe that the size of those top three will end up giving him issues. So, and when you say size, you're speaking about length, not weight. Well, Correct. not wait, because he weighs more than... Uh, Deontay Wilder's an anomaly. That's not somebody that we even bring up when we talk about that. That's... Come on. And and I think you raised some good points. I think I was a little bit more bullish on him. You were a bit more bearish. Um, I, I still think there's a lot of potential for him at the heavyweight division. He's a high-level boxer, and uh, outside of Tyson Fury, maybe you have Miller, but in terms of boxing IQ, boxing ability... That's not something that in today's heavyweight division that there is a wealth of. And I think that's okay. I think he adds a nice little twist. And I guess we have Luis Ortiz as well, so maybe I'm understating that. But I think he has better boxing IQ, and that will carry him a long way in that heavyweight division. It's not going to get him through a right from Deontay Wilder. (laughs) And you know what? We don't know how he's going to react also with the extra weight on him. You know, him carrying extra weight, I don't know how he, he might, him fighting a cruiserweight might be at him at his prime, like, wait, he might not translate like Evander Holyfield. You know what I mean? What if he doesn't put on the weight? 
So, I mean, he's still, let's say, that means he'll probably, I mean, let's be honest, he'll probably, he'll still end up being heavier than probably Deontay Wilder walks around at. More than, more than likely, but as you said, Deontay Wilder is more an anomaly. I think he came into the fight against Tyson Fury at 214. 209, bro. Yeah, that's extremely light for a heavyweight, and to do what he's doing and to be as powerful as he is at that weight, if he really put on a solid 10, 15 pounds, um, I think he'd be in a really, really solid place, and it would add to his punching power over time. That being said, I mean, I'm not going to question what Deontay Wilder's doing. Obviously, he's done a great job. Um, but we will see Usyk for the first time against Takim in sometime in May. I don't have the date off the top of my head. So hey, it'll be Kim's interesting tough, to see man. How, he, how he competes. Yeah, he's, 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 t- he's tough, but we, we expect Usyk to... But easily get saying. past it, it's I, I expect him to win but i think that's a good first fight at heavyweight some dude who's you know he, he can take a shot he's tough as nails you know he, he'll fight back you know what i'm saying so i mean because remember he blasted anthony joshua busted his nose wide open you know and let's say i, I will say this let's say Usyk goes out here and starches him then they really have something to stand on and say, look, Anthony Joshua, this dude gave you trouble before you got him out of here. I just dusted him. What's up? They might be able to pull that off. They might. And, you know, styles make fights. So we will see. I, I don't expect him to just starch uh, to Kim. Nah, I don't either. I, I'd like to see a knockout. I think it's very much possible. We just have to wait, wait and see. Uh, there's a lot of... There's a lot of question marks, but at the same time, there's a lot that we know. Yeah, man. So, well, look, man, I, I, I think it's an exciting fight and it's an exciting time for the heavyweight division. And we've already spoken about the fact that it could be we, if they ever decide to consistently fight each other, uh, a golden age. Uh, another golden age in the Dude. heavyweight division. And Usyk, he really adds a strong name to that mix. He does. Being undisputed is not easy. Yeah, no, he, he. I mean, dude, you hit it on the head, man. But not only is, like, the heavyweight division is one of the best we, we've seen in forever, but so are the middleweights. And so are the welterweights. Oh, see, There's some great, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we working, bro. We working out here. So look, man, you sent me an article earlier this week. And um, and it was funny because it's something that I think we've discussed a little bit in the past. Um, boxing is exciting, man. Um, which current division right now do you believe is the best? You, you, you take this one first. I, oh, I will. So is it going to be the... Uh, so let me say, is, is it the welterweights with... All those guys, the middleweights, or is it the heavyweights, man? So check it out. We have, if I'm looking at it, the heavyweights we just talked about, they're great. We got Anthony Joshua, we got Deontay Wilder, we got Tyson Fury, we have Usyk now. You know, we have uh, Ortiz. They're great. I love heavyweights, but I'm never going to say heavyweights are the most exciting division because at the end of the day, they're not as skilled as I want them to be. They're just not. Heavyweights are never as skilled as little guys. So then I'm going to go ahead and I'm looking at the little guys. And we have the welterweights, right? One of the, we've talked about this before also. That's one of the glamour divisions. Sugar Ray Leonard, you know what I'm saying? Duran. We've had all, we've had the greats. And, I, and, it's, and they have now, I mean, Errol Spence Jr., Terrence Crawford. Dude, they're stacked. Danny Garcia, Sean Porter, 
You know, the list goes on and on. But the middleweights have Canelo, Charlo, Andrade, Triple G, um, Danny Jacobs. And when I was thinking about the two of those, because at first I was like, man, but you know what, man? I hate, <laughs> I was going back and forth. I was. Between welterweights and middleweights. I'm going with the middleweights. I think the middleweights are the best current division in boxing right now. Because if you're looking at it, if I'm looking at the top five guys, right? Think about this. I think that welterweights are top heavy. We got Errol Spence. We got Terrence Crawford. Head and shoulders above everybody else. I'm gonna give, I'll, I'll give them that. But if I'm looking at the t- everybody else, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, Danny Garcia, right? They're not as good as Demetrius Andrade. Um, uh, they're not. I, I, I don't think they are. I, they're not. To me, at, at this point in time, especially now in their career, at this point in their career, at this point in their career, they, they don't have as much upside as the guys in the middleweight division. They don't. They don't, at this current moment in their careers, they have some losses we haven't seen. There's more potential for matchups to see all these guys currently go at it than we do with the middleweights or the welterweights at this point in time. It is. All those guys can still fight each other. All of them. We've seen how some of them have gone already at the welterweights. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to let you continue ranking so we're going welterweight we're going middleweight welterweight and then heavyweight is that what i'm hearing yeah okay Absolutely. all right so i evaluated this according to three criteria okay i looked at star power who is selling mm-hmm. uh, what their appeal is then i looked at skill which is a bit more obvious we have to measure skill and then i looked at resume so you, like I, both believe that the heavyweight division just is not in the driver's seat right now. The I believe best heavyweight that division's been in forever, but no, nah, not at all. Correct. And I, I believe that heavyweights are in a much better position than they've been in in a very long time. Prior to AJ Klitschko in 2017, the heavyweight division was not even close to being part of this conversation. They've come a long, long way. And once they start making some of these big fights, I think they have the ability to jump both of these divisions because the public loves the heavyweight division. And yes, us as boxing fans, it may not always be the prettiest thing, but to the general public, the heavyweight division carries the sport. When the heavyweight division is doing well, boxing is doing well. And that's why they have the ability at any moment to just leapfrog other divisions in terms of relevancy. And even when it comes to middleweight and welterweight, even with the star power they have there, if we start making some of these fights with the top four heavyweights, if we consider Usyk being one of them, getting those guys fighting each other a bit more consistency, consistently, they could easily be at, at the top of boxing just because of what they bring. There's an element of excitement to the heavyweight division yeah, that but, many but others the, don't have. But the have. question is, and, like, and that's who's why they right can now? They lack skill, and they can elevate themselves off the star power alone. Right now, I'm saying heavyweights, number three. Yes, okay. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, number two, 
I'm going with the middleweights. So we disagree here. I think Canelo, Triple G, and Jacobs are strong top three names at the top of the division. Unfortunately, I think that Rob Brandt having a belt, uh, a piece of the WBA strap, does slightly hurt the division. Heard and Mungia looking to move up will not only add excitement to that division, but also a lot of depth. When they do, maybe we're having a different conversation. But I think outside of Canelo and Triple G, there's a lot of unproven talent. Even someone like Danny Danny Jacobs, though he's beat won some good fights, he still hasn't ascended to the top level. And I think unfortunate for him to do that, he has to beat a Triple G or a Canelo. And I know you're giving giving me that look right now, but outside of that, some of the competition that he's fought just isn't on uh, that elite level. And so maybe he fights a Demetrius Andre, someone like that, or maybe in the future a Jared Hurd or a Jaime Munguia. You're proving but, my point for me, though. Well, well, I'm not proving proving your point because I didn't even get to my welterweight conversation. Well, yet. go go ahead, go ahead, then. yeah, go ahead, because you, you're proving my point for. I mean, again, you're I'm making not, you're not, making my case for me on why the middleweights are the better division or the more exciting I, division right now. I don't hate any division. I make I made a case for the heavyweight you, division. I didn't say you hated the division. I, I, I didn't say I that at a, all. I made a case for the heavyweight division. I'm moving through moving through the ranks. All right. Let go me ahead. get let me get let me get to the welterweight division, who I have at number one. All right, go ahead. All, all, all right, so I got the welterweights at number one. Okay. Star power and skill carries here. Simple as that. You have the top two uh two top five pound for pound fighters. That's huge in terms of one one division. You still have someone like Manny Pacquiao around. I told you I did measure star power in this. Manny Pacquiao Pacquiao is a legend in the sport. He's still a welterweight. He's a money man. And you still have someone like Spence putting up solid pay-per-view numbers. That's without mentioning people like Thurman, Porter, Gar- uh, Danny Garcia. And while you can say that someone like Demetrius Andrade is better than those names, I totally disagree. And I think it's wild that you said some shit like that because who has Demetrius Andrade fought? How can you give him that such a high high ranking and say all this about him when who has he fought? What has he done? And he ha- we both agree that the guy has tons of potential, but who has he fought? These are guys that are established, and though maybe they're not in their prime so, anymore. So obviously you a, didn't listen to a, what I was saying, done, and that's okay. They've done a, they've done a okay. lot more. They've done a lot for the division for you yes. to just kind of toss those names away. That's and not because, what I was doing. And, that's and be, not what be, I was doing. And because, uh, because of that, because of guys like that filling out the division, I think the welter, welterweights one of the golden divisions of boxing. And right now, I believe that they're number one. Well, that wasn't what I was doing. And the and again, I'm going to say it again. The thing about the middleweights that we haven't seen, there's more potential for matchups. We haven't seen all these fights and all of these guys are top level guys. These are, are the rest. Um, Billy Joe Saunders, um, Charlo. These are guys. Canelo is still super young. Danny Jacobs. These are guys that we're going to be able to see continue developing, growing for years to come. Yo, there's an easy. I can easily make a case that in the next year, we won't see um, Thurman, Pacquiao, or or Sean Porter fight again. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's actually there's a legitimate chances in the next couple of years those guys are some of these guys are at the end of their career. So what division actually has an ability to have long-standing success? Who has the younger, stronger fighters right now who are higher or far or pretty much 
still have more to come in their career that's the middleweights the well, only person that's old head with the middleweights is, is triple g and we all understood that okay but are we talking about what's going on right now or are yes, we talking about I'm potential saying, and, and, and that's what i'm saying what's going on right now is that these guys now are all starting to align to be able to fight each other so i'm going to see that so i am excited about seeing some of the best athletes that people haven't seen so that's why i'm looking at it as like yo this is talent for talent these are the guys that i want to see i'm Until- not looking at it like i'm just you know oh I, I understand where you're coming from star power and shit and yes manny pacquiao these are names these guys just aren't household names but pound for pound if i'm actually looking at it as like yo what fights do i want to see i want to see these fights from this division don't roll your eyes and look man what the hell what what go ahead say say what you're gonna say go ahead no I, i'm giving you the floor go ahead no, I, I, no go fam, ahead. i'm done go ahead all, all I'm saying is that you're talking about a lot of potential where I'm speaking about who are stars today in that division. And because of the stars and established stars that the welterweight division has, I understand and I agree with you that the that going forward, we could be speaking about the middleweight division as the top division in boxing. But until more of these fights start to get made, we simply just aren't there yet. And that's what that's where I'm at. We just have more established stars who are very, very skillful and they have a solid resume. And that's why I put the welterweight division as number number one. And I think that's clear. No, nah, man, look, I, I get it. I, again, I get where you're coming from. Even still, I, I'm saying I'm still going with the middleweights. Um, I've always been a fan of the middleweight division. I think that is the perfect division. It is where the guys are big enough that they'll put you down. And I think that they're, you know, fast enough that they can still be skilled for boxers. I think that is the best division in boxing. I mean, Jaime Munguia is right there. Like you said, he's coming up to it. You have so many guys in that division that are current dogs. And just because, and again, I'm not looking at it in terms of star power. I'm not. I'm looking at it in terms of potential matchups. And again, going forward from this point on, who has a bigger talent pool right now? It's the middleweights. They have talent that isn't proven yet so you're talking about potential i'm talking about what's going on today so again you're you're talking about like three people no i'm talking about more like six people dude i mean look again we're all these guys and again i guess you're if i'm looking at it if like right now right now right now i guess you're right yes they have star power they have this whatever but again a year All right, moving on. I get smoked in too many MMA debates. Uh, dude, you get smoked in every boxing debate. Like, oh, don't give okay. me that. All right, all right, come all on, right, man. Right. Like, so, yeah, yo, we, we yeah, because I, I will go there. I will start. Yo, come on, fam. Don't don't we ain't go there. <laughs> we, we, we got what's what, what's what's the next question? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna smoke you again. <laughs> You've never smoked me in a boxing debate. Never in your <laughs> life. You just said I was right. So that's a Dude, lie right there. I was trying to move on because I got tired of debating with somebody uh, who yeah. doesn't yeah. understand where I'm coming from, obviously. Okay. Uh, okay. So again, I'm going to move on like the adult that I am. Oh, so now, so, now we're yeah. being bigger people now. Yes, because I, I just, I wasn't going to I'm on a podcast to be petty and not be the bigger yeah, person. You know what I'm saying? It's cool. Like, you know, I realize I can't rationalize with irrational people, so I'm just going to move on. It's yeah, cool. Don't, don't try because I can get petty. Oh, fam, come on, man. <laughs> 
Uh, yo, yeah, we ain't going there. It's my show. I just hang up, not call you back. <laughs> like, don't, don't don't do that, Serge. Yeah, like, yes, yeah, it's, it's all good. We could be petty. Uh, all right, moving on. You're right though. But look, I, I mean, I I think it was a good question, man. Because at the end of the day, yo, both of those divisions are nasty, and you can't go wrong either way. Um, we both got points. I'm not, so I can't knock that. The fact that we can have that argument just goes to our statement earlier in the show. It goes to our statement, I think, on, on our last podcast that, I mean, there's a lot of stars in boxing. And the only pe- the people that benefit most are us, the fans. Yo, boxing is in a really good place, man. People, I keep on hearing, from, I hear, from time to time, I hear people who obviously don't know. They'll sit there, oh, yo, boxing's dead. Like, yo, you're not paying attention. I mean, not only are there established vets and stars, you have people at every point in time in their career right now. You got this, like, the the young pups that are just nasty, and you know, like the Teofimo Lopez's. We got the dudes who are, like, about to hit that, like, big point, the Errol Spence's and the Terrence Crawford's. And then you got the the old heads who are going out. You know, you got Triple G. You got um, Klitschko, who seems like he wants to come back. You know what I'm saying? You got like you have the whole variety of stars, star power right now in boxing, man. It's great. Yeah, I agree. And the people and I hear that as well. So you're not the only one in terms of people saying that boxing is dead. But those are probably the same guys that only showed up for Mayweather fights. Facts. Oh, dude, 100 percent. Only ones that watch Mayweather fights and like Pacquiao fights. That's it. Uh, I'm, yeah, you're right. You're right, man. But yo, check it out. We're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. All right. Remember, Say Jeets is brought to you. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Say Jeets. Say Jeets offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Say Jeets at SageEatsChicago.com. Apply promo code Fight for 15% off your first three months. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show. Check us out on the website, thefightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, share. The Fight Podcast is everywhere. Podcasts are available. So check us out today. Yeah. And we are back. You back? We're back. You hear me? Yeah. All right, cool. Oh, dude, man. I'm sitting here. Slept all messed up, man. My damn back back super tight. Yo, getting. I feel like I'm getting old first time, man. This sucks. I I felt that at like... 23 and the first time I felt like I was getting old. Uh, I, I've been a non-athlete a lot longer than you have. Oh, fam, my back hurts, man. And honestly, man, I think it was, man, I was sparring a couple days ago. Did we talk about it? I think you and I just talked about it, right? I think you and I spoke about it. You just being a bully, beating up some young kids. <laughs> it's terrible. The energy you had speaking about it, you're so happy, so happy to be back. Oh man, dude! I think that's why my mom fucked up right now, man. I, I was like, I get, I get, I could do that once, once a month. <laughs> you got, you got to cap yourself at this age. Uh, we got to set our limits, fam, for real, man. Oh man, all right, man. Let's go ahead and jump back into it, man. We had a spirited debate on the last one, uh, but yo, um, shouldn't be too much debate here. No, it isn't. It's not. <laughs> all right, so check this out. On uh, May 11th, junior middleweight beast. Jared Hurd is about to fight J-Rock. Does J-Rock actually stand a chance? In your your mind, man, what are his percentages of winning, man? I'm going to let you go ahead and take this one first. Yeah, so I I like J-Rock as someone in boxing. I'm not going to say he's a star, 
I don't think he'll ever be a star. Maybe at some point in his career, you got a few people moving up from 154. He does get a piece of one of those straps. Maybe. Maybe. But it, on May 11th against Jared Hurd, percentage-wise, uh, 15%. And that's probably <laughs> a, little, a little bit bullish. I just don't see him having the power to keep a Jared Hurd off of him. Lara couldn't do it. I mean... And if he couldn't do it, then J-Rock is probably in for a long night or a shorter one. Hurd looked very powerful in his last fight, albeit against a nobody. That was his first fight back off of shoulder surgery. And we saw that his power is still there just fine. So getting further away from that surgery, I expect him to look better and better, better and better. That power will continue to improve. And, you know, I... I just don't see a path to victory for J-Rock. We know what Jared Hurd's going to do. He's going to get beat up maybe like, you know, two, three, four rounds. But by round five, you're going to have a fucking problem. <laughs> Jared Hurd is, is throwing, launching some bombs by, by, that, by that time. He, he just showed up in round five because he just wasn't at the fight before. And, you know, but he shows up in round five and you know he's there. Yeah. And those bombs, I mean, they don't take long to go into effect. He's no. hitting you. He's hitting you anywhere. Yeah, he's man. Hit, he hits you in the forearm if he could, if he could get it. It don't matter. So and he's hurting you. He's strong. So I mean, and that just wears a fighter down. And that's why you see him with all of these late round knockouts. He's not one of these flash knockout guys. He just wears you down with that constant pressure. I expect no no different with J Rock and a guy like J Rock. You know, maybe he goes in eight or nine, but I don't see it going longer than ten. I'm I'm actually interested to see what type of game plan J-Rock puts together for, for Jared Hurd. I mean, I just don't see a path for him. Man. Yo, Jared Hurd, his skill set, yo, is so trash. Like, fam, I watched this dude fight and I cringe. And you know what? That mug's good, man. <laughs> like, he's good, yo. Oh, man, it drives me crazy. He sits there. His defense is his face. He just gets punched in the face as, as hard and as often as he possibly can, but he keeps walking forward with his high guard. And then the, he throws these punches that look like they don't have anything on them. And dudes just fall down. It's crazy he crushes people what were you about to say just, it was like when laura fell i just like dude i couldn't believe didn't it. Look like it, it it didn't look like he had anything on it had anything on it and laura collapsed but you he know crumbled <laughs> like i was like what happened it looked, it looked like, like a jab it, it looked like he got somebody from the crowd like a sniper was up there and, and sniped him he dude he just collapsed it was crazy and i look at that and that was such a good fight. It was a great oh, fight, man. man. But it, it's his his pressure. And he has a crazy chin. And um and again, man, he he's he has just one of those old school, like no nonsense, you know, mentalities. Um, I think he is gonna get into trouble when he moves up to middleweight. Oh yeah. I, I think because I mean, that's the and again, that's why I think he, him, and Jamal Charlo is a bad matchup, right? Jamal can crack. And Jamel can crack. I mean, and again, I think Jamel's a bad matchup for him. I mean, those are terrible matchups for him because these are guys that can crack, and I don't see them breaking. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I so 
I mean, we we all probably would have said that Lara's a bad matchup for him. Not because and, of his punch, and, punching and, power, but, because of his but, movement. And Lara was he until he fell down. He was winning until he wasn't. Yeah, it was one yeah, of those. But, and again, but and, I mean, you're you're always winning until you aren't with Jared Hurd because he's a late starter. Yeah, but again, but man, oh well, okay. Let's go back to because I'm over here thinking about what we can see in the future with Jared Hurd. Because come on, man, he's going to wash this guy. He's going to wash this guy. Look, I think J Rock, J Rock, since he got knocked out by Jamal Charlo, he has been on a tear. Yeah, Class he's, act. Dude, he's great. I think he's currently on a uh, four fight win streak since then. He's, I, I think he's knocked out everybody. I mean, dude is nasty. Um, this is this is a tougher fight than I think people think for Jared Hurd because I'll tell you this one thing: if Jared Hurd doesn't turn it on, if he's not able to finish him, it might be too much. Because, and again, I'm not saying I don't see this happening, but. If you gave J-Rock a lead, he's extremely skilled. And remember, before he lost to Charlo, people were talking about him as being that guy at 154. He was the guy that everybody thought was going to be the main attraction. So um, this is going to be a tough fight. But I do see Jared Hurd, that wave of Jared Hurd coming on and getting a late stoppage. I'm going to say 10. Yeah, I think 10 at the latest. I, I just don't see the fight going the distance. We just know what Jared Hurd does, and I dude's, don't dude's see a path to victory for J-Rock. Yeah. What, now, after the fight, um, we both, presumably, Jared Hurd wins. Does he, how, how many fights do you think he has left at 154? Because moving up is something that he talks about pretty often, and I believe that he's... I think he wants to he fight with Charlo. Been, I think that's won, what he was waiting for. I believe he wants that, that fight with Charlo and Charlo losing to Harrison derailed plans, but they have it set up nicely. He's fighting in May. Charlo's fighting in June. If Charlo wins his strap back, I don't expect a rematch with Harrison. No. And hopefully they'll jump to make that fight. That's a good fight for boxing. Um, fight. Yeah, that's a really, really good fight for boxing. And I mean, we just we know the storyline. We mm-hmm. we know what to expect. Will yeah. Jared Hurd be able to stand up against those shots from Jamel Jamel Charlo in the early rounds? I'll be watching. Oh, I'll absolutely be watching. And now that that's the fight that I want to see. That's the one I want to see. It's going to be a really good fight, and it won't even be on pay-per-view. Nope, nope. I can't wait. I'll be watching it on regular TV, chilling, man. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still clamoring for uh, the Herd and Mungia fight. I, I need that. I need that. You know what, man? So ugly that's, that's another one, though, that Jared Herd would have to be worried about, man. That's a tough dude who hits hard. He hits I don't, I don't, hard, man. I don't think he hits as hard as, he, as we think he does. Shit. All right. He he didn't. He, I, I don't. Did he get? Was he able to get uh, the Smith brother out of there? Is that Liam Smith? Yeah, I'm pretty did, sure. Did he did. get him out? Yeah, I think that. I think they went twelve. Might have went twelve. Hey, look, I, it, 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 well, yeah. Well, if he didn't get Liam Smith out there, then I and, think he might be right. He he. I don't think he got Liam Smith Miss Smith out of there, and he was landing bombs on Liam, Liam Smith. A lot of them. Same thing with the uh, Inuay or however you want to pronounce it. He was landing bombs on him and he didn't get him out of there. I think he's getting to a point where the 154 probably isn't even healthy for him. That's mm-hmm. just the rate he's growing at. Yeah. You got to remember, this kid is 21, maybe 20, 22 now and just still in a growing man's body. So he's putting on a lot of weight. 
it, 154 just may not be an option for him um, much longer. He he won't be fighting 154 after 2019. I can yeah. almost guarantee you that. So uh, that fight will, if it doesn't happen next for Jared Hurd, then we'll have to see it at 160, which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. No, no, it, it's it's good, man. Uh, um, yeah, no, no, we'll, we'll see what happens with that one. Um, but again, man, there's so many matchups that are like boxing right now there's so many crazy matchups that could happen that weight class has a bunch of them there's so many dudes that we can like we talked about with Usyk moving up there's so many matchups um and I, the one that we really want to see and kind of the one I talked about <laughs> when we kicked off the show man was obviously we want to see Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford fight man I feel like we're talking about one if not both of these guys every week that i think which honestly talks about like their star power they are news when it comes to boxing right now i'm curious and i don't even know i mean you can answer this if you want but i'm really curious what's the biggest potential fight right now is it errol spence and terrence crawford or deontay wilder and aj Oh, it's it's definitely Crawford and Spence. Nobody cares about that fight anymore. It's 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 it's, it's getting to that point. You know, um, people are not happy with AJ. He's lost fans recently, um, and I think honestly that ESPN poll that we talked about last time around, I think that says a lot. I really do, and I think that at one point in time, I think he was that guy, but people have the real or not fair or not i think people have that perception that anthony joshua has been ducking deontay wilder that's the perception and then not only is that the perception here across the pond the perception is he's ducking tyson fury and deontay wilder you know what I'm saying? So he's losing fans everywhere. He's nowhere near as popular as he was after he beat Klitschko. He's not. I I, I disagree with the fact that their perception over there is that he's ducking uh, Wilder and Fury. Fury is fighting someone Swartz in June. No. Well, I, hey, man. Look, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just going off of what I've heard. And I'm going off off of what I heard. I do listen to a few UK boxing podcasts, and they still speak about AJ like he walks on water. Hey man, and again, I know, but from what I understand, they're split over there. Half of the country rocks with AJ. Half of them rock with the other one. I think that AJ and Wilder will clearly beat out uh, from a uh, sales standpoint or pay per view buys. Heavyweights always do. Heavyweights always do. But so, we're, so, we're talking about what's the, you say, what's the better matchup or what people are clamoring so for what, more. What's people the bigger are, matchup? Well, the bigger, it's always going to be the heavyweight. People are going to pay more money to see that. I, I, I mean, at this point in time, people are always going to pay in their big two. But you're saying like what has more steam right now? Errol no, Spence I mean, and Terran Crawford, I think, would have more steam right now because that fight actually, I think, has potential of happening within the next year when I honestly don't believe that other one will happen this year within the next year. We'll see. I mean, I think we are so skeptical and we just have become so programmed to not trust boxing politics that we really don't ever put ourselves in a position. It's almost like a prepare for the worst, hope for the best. We're always prepared for these fights not to happen. And then when they finally get announced, we're like, oh. That's nice. Look, man, I, I, but I'd rather be like that, man. I'd rather be pleasantly surprised. I, I agree. I agree with you. You know, because I, it's been too many times in boxing, in particular boxing, because in MMA, 
the fights you want to see tend to happen. Oh, yeah. Early and often. Exactly. You know, and again, that's why people have scuffed up records. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, it, it's the politics really is like it takes away from the sport. I mean, we, we were hurt here a few weeks ago when uh, Tyson Tyson Fury uh, announced Dude. that he was going to take a tune-up fight. And now I'm Dude. hearing multiple tune-up fights yes. before Wilder. Yes. But let, let, let's not go there. Let's not yes. even that, that's Well, check it out. Let, let me go back into this question really quick. Um, Errol Spence, they just talked to him recently. Not Errol Spence, I'm sorry. Terrence Crawford, they were speaking to him recently. And he was asked about a potential fight with Spence. And he believes that after this fight with Amir Khan, he said, I'm nowhere near. I'm not looking through Khan. But after this fight he was like i think that fight is going to be simple to make do you think this fight is actually going to be simple to make and what do we okay so check it out i'm i'm going to take it from the start all right what? I, I think i think my man is tripping all right i think he he doesn't understand um it should be easy to make it should be it should be very simple. It should be these guys are the two best in this division. They each individually want to fight each other. Let's make it happen. But when we go ahead and we put the the top rank versus Al Heyman, we put the PBC versus ESPN in top rank. Who what what where where is it going to air? Who's going to host what? Whose hosts are going to be in, in, in front of the camera? When we're looking at all these different parts and points and everything, yo, fam, th- these fights don't end up happening. Especially not when we wanted them to. There's always something. After this fight with, with, um, with Terrence Crawford, after he beats Khan, they, they'll, they'll throw somebody else at him. After Errol Spence goes out, we don't even know who Errol Spence is going to fight next. We hope it's Sean Porter. We thought it was going to be Sean Porter last time. But we got Mikey Garcia. I'm not mad at it. But we could have somebody who can be one step closer to unifying the titles at this point in time. But we don't. Boxing, something's going to happen. I don't see this fight happening. I see this fight happening. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen in 2020. So that that's that part of it. I think the hurdles are going to be, honestly, everything else I talked about, and um, who's going to be next for them both, fam. It, I still think next fight for Spence is probably going to be Sean Porter. Not yeah, for Spence, I think it's going to be Sean Porter. For um, Terrence Crawford, they're going to throw him in some other bump. So. My take on this, and in addition to the comments that Terrence Crawford made, Bob Arum was taking a similar tone, similar tone on Twitter. He said something like he believes the fight will be made after Amir Khan. Hey, man, you going to call me or I got to call you. All right. Yeah, because honestly, the Twitter announcement makes makes it feel like we're further away from the fight than we thought it was 100%. And I think Bob Arum knows like I mean bro, Bob Arum you know how to reach Al Heyman if you really want to reach Al Heyman if you're going on Twitter 
you're trying to build the fight, but I, I, I don't know if it's going to happen next. And we're just skeptical of all these boxing politics. So he's drumming up. He's out there drumming it up, trying to see how much interest is in it. He was like, let me put this tweet out there. Let me see the response out there. What, what is, what's, mm-hmm. the, what's the response? If there isn't a big response... Oh, then we'll, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep playing it up a little bit. We'll make sure they keep running into each other and having these little clips. We'll keep making sure this shit happens for the next two years, and then when they feel the time is right, then they'll try to go ahead and maximize on it. But unfortunately, when that happens in boxing, yo, that the next, you know how it happens. It's it's aged out. The public we don't want to see it anymore. The fighters are out of their prime. Something is off. Uh, I totally agree. And, you know, one of the points that I have written down here is I believe Terrence Crawford is like 31. You know, he's not necessarily the youngest guy in the world. He's not old yet. But once you start getting into your 30s, everybody starts to look at and more so not necessarily 31, but definitely 33, 34. People are really starting to look at that cliff. Where is that cliff for you? And Terrence Crawford really isn't that far from that age now hasn't taken a lot of punishment i think he'll be fine for a while but we want to make sure that both of these fighters are fully in their prime when this fight happens and the business of boxing really causes us to miss out on that a lot of the time now what happens next for both of these guys i like you i i we share the same opinions here spence fights porter next it's just the easiest fight to make happen. They're both Al Heyman, PBC guys, both have titles. There seems to be a huge demand, not a huge demand. There is some demand for the, I mean, it's just the next best guy for Spence to fight. While that's, still not, fighting that, a name. that's not, that's not scared to fight Spence. Exactly. That's somebody that's in it while still fighting, having a name. And unifying a belt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a good fight. It's a good fight all around. Yeah, I mean, so and uh, and you know, Porter style, you never really know what you're going to get. So I think that makes for at least Porter gonna get his ass a, a few interesting rounds before he the gets inevitable. His ass whooped. Um, now Crawford, I, I mean, I just I never un- understood Crawford signing with Top Rank. He was already an undisputed champion prior to signing with Top Rank. Now. Top Rank doesn't have a even halfway decent stable of welterweights. So I just don't understand the value that he saw in signing with them. It's pretty clear that at this point in time, Al Heyman runs the, the welterweight, welterweight division. division. Yes, 100%. And, and he, he has the welterweight division on lock. There's not much that Terrence Crawford can do without going through Al Heyman. So he's going to have to figure that out sometime soon or Bob Arum is going to have to figure out something because they don't have anybody for him to fight. Amir Khan, that was Bob Arum pulling something out of his ass. Yeah. They don't have fighters for um, for Terrence Crawford to fight. So who does he fight next? Who the fuck knows? He has nobody over there. Mean Machine? Who's yeah. that guy? And, and, I, put, and I put it like Al? this, man. You, you're Because it's, it's going to get to a point that let's say this fight doesn't happen next he doesn't fight spence next 
all these guys, Spence can fight Crawford. Spence can fight uh, Porter, who could he could also fight Danny Garcia. He could also fight like he can fight all of these guys. They can literally almost ice a dude out if they choose if they so choose to. If 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 let's say Bob Arum doesn't want to play, so I really believe that this fight is gonna end up. I think Spence is gonna want is gonna end up being the one that comes out ahead financially whenever this fight does happen i think he he and his side just have more chips to play with at this point in time i think they have more control i really do i don't even see how a fighter like terrence crawford got away from al Heyman. honestly you know what man i don't know he's an al Heyman guy yeah you would think so which just means you're black and good yeah, yeah, but I, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, and I mean, Bob Aaron must have tossed him a bag. I mean, yeah. that's the only thing I could think of. But Errol Spence has everybody. You get Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman, yeah, man, Sean Porter, Manny Pacquiao. All of those are Heyman guys. Yeah, and he can. Those he, are I fights mean, that can be made, yeah. and he can beat all of those guys. He can sit there and, and you know, you know what's going to happen if that fight doesn't happen. Errol Spence's legacy and his aura is going to continue growing. He's going to be the big money guy where he's going to continue being, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger if he knocks all these guys off. And and I don't know, man. I, I think Terrence Crawford's in a really rough spot right now. I really do. You know, there, and he is. And with Errol, Spone, Errol Spence seemingly, not leaps and bounds, but, you know, clearly ahead of the other competition with Al Heyman and PBC, I think we start to hear, and if he continues to dominate in the fashion that he has, mm-hmm. I think we start to hear the public, you know, you know how we are. They just, you know, make up stuff, start to push it. Do we hear, start to hear people push this Errol Spence Canelo Alvarez narrative even more? I, I, I mean, I, I listened to a whole podcast about it this week. You know, maybe you try to get him at a catch weight at 158. Maybe they go out, uh, you know, 160 where Spence just doesn't have to cut cut weight. And that's an that's an interesting fight. I mean, you you probably pick, side with Canelo, but I mean, no one's going to fault you for picking an Errol Spence. No, I'm going with Spence. I, I, I'll pay for that fight, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll pay whatever you want for that fight. Mm-hmm. So I mean. I don't know how long it is before Spence just gets bored and with waiting for Crawford to I just don't understand why he signed with top rank. It makes everything uh, so much more difficult. It muddies it up. It muddies up the whole thing. It's it's I, I don't I really don't get why they did it. They shouldn't have done it. But at the end of the day, look, man. He might end up being the forgotten man. That that's who Terrence Crawford at this point in time has a potential being. He might be the forgotten one. If he's not getting fights, if he's not getting over to the other side and getting against any of these other guys, he needs a big name fight next at his weight class. He needs somebody that is relevant to him and his weight class. And if he doesn't have that soon, people aren't going to take him serious. They're going to be like, yo, he just fights tomato cans. He just fights bums. Because even what's his name? Uh, the last dude he, he beat up. Um... Uh, they Benavides. knocked out Benavides. Benavides was fighting on one leg, and it took him to the twelfth round to knock him out. Not saying that Benavides isn't a tough guy, but somebody who's fighting on one leg, he should have been able to get him out there sooner. So people are going to start looking at that and taking those type of. Th- and we also have to see, 
if I look down the list, how do those wins actually age? If he's winning and these guys end up just being bums or nobody that we care about in the next two years, we're really going to question Terrence Crawford. But I mean, who did he fight? Who is like, who cares? So this is where he's, he's about to get in trouble, man. He's in a, he's in a rough spot. Um, yeah, he needs to uh, take a look at a uh, top rank contract at, uh, where's the, uh, the buyout clause section? Where is there a buyout here? Cause I need to get the fuck out of here. Yo, uh, uh, and yeah, time is an issue. He's 31. Yeah, man. Well, check this out. This one was for you. Cause speaking of time is an issue. This dude only fought once last year. It was a great fight, but he's only fought once. Your boy, Caleb Plant, man. We haven't seen him in a minute. Um, is he missing just because like, it's kind of the same thing we we're talking about with Terrence Crawford man um, is he missing an opportunity or just a lot of cash because of inactivity I mean you know I, out of sight out of mind he doesn't have a big enough name yet I mean do we care is is he gonna is like, like what's gonna happen with him man do you think this is an issue so his mom just passed away so that's that potentially pushes us seeing him again a little bit further back right but he last fought i believe january 13th so all he has to do is squeeze another fight in i'd like for me i would like to see him fight two more times this year but realistically like a lot of champs in, in boxing will get the two times a year schedule so he has the rest of the year to squeeze in one more fight to simply meet that quota now he has a belt He's a Heyman guy. He's going to get his shots. Um, there's definitely a lot of winnable fights in that division against decent names that can get him paid. But I would like to see him establish himself a bit more before they start pushing that Bevo matchup when he moves down. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think he really needs to push for that Darrell fight as soon as possible. It's I would it's an easy fight to make with both guys under the PBC banner, and it's a good opportunity for him to unify and really be the guy in that division and establish himself before someone like a B-Ball moves down, before yep. someone like a Canelo really starts to move up a little bit more consistently. So I think he has, has some work to do, but you know, 168 definitely is not the glamour division of boxing at the moment. No, so, no. you know, he has a little bit more leeway than some of the other, other divisions. Like I said, I mean, he has but the do you rest- feel like he needs to make a splash somehow. Is there something that he can do? I mean, he put up one of the best performances of the year last year, or this past. Yeah. January. He was incredible, but is he like, does he, do you feel like he needs to do something? Because again, he really isn't a household name. I mean, there's a lot that he needs to do. He isn't a household name. We watched him on a PBC card that aired on Sunday. That was a good slot for him at the time. Yeah. But he's a champion now. He should have aspirations of those Saturday night fights. Uh, Primetime PBC, Showtime. That's where you need to be aiming for. And he does exhibit a lot of inactivity so i mean i i'm i'm interested to see where he goes goes with his career i think he is potentially missing opportunities to grow his name a a little bit 
I, I, I don't know what to, what to expect for him, how active he's going to be, but he doesn't seem pressed at all. So, I mean, this is probably just what we're going to get with Caleb Plant. Maybe the money, he's made some money already. He isn't as motivated. I, I can't tell you. I personally would like to see him more. I'm sure you would as well, but he doesn't seem too pressed at the time. Well, he did say, I was listening to an interview with him. He 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 expressed wanting to fight more regularly. He did say, you know, hopefully he can get in three times. So we'll see. We'll see. And I think if he ends up doing that, then, we, then he... He, let's say he goes out there and does that. He goes out there, beats Darrell. He goes out there and, you know, does a little bit more work. Yo, he has, I think he really does have an opportunity. Um, if he goes out there and starches or to puts on two great performances again, he can be that guy. And let's be honest, man, they're always looking for a great white hope. They're always looking for the white dude from America that's actually, you know, like fun to watch. Um, that's, we don't see that especially i mean when's the last really good you know white american dude hate to sound like that but i mean let's be real all of them are from like eastern europe somewhere all the top ones at least so having Uh, yeah right being white helps yeah i think it helps him a lot that's what i'm saying i I agree he's a white dude hangs out with black dudes i I think it's gonna help him a lot yeah and and i mean (sighs) who's another white boxer that's what i'm saying like he can literally, he has it. Like, dude, Kelly Pavlik hasn't fought in a long time, bro. Jeez, I'm I feel bad thankful. almost. Yeah, like they're, they're not. All... They're... I mean, would you consider Tyson Fury? He's English. He's British. I don't consider the British or British. That's what I'm saying. From Europe, I'm talking about American. I don't know. I consider Tyson Fury. Tyson, like I'm talking American. Yeah, dude nah. from the U.S. of A. Nah, it's just not there right now. Yeah, it's I, not. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, so, I it's mean, rough look, for white boys in boxing. Yeah, man, it's but here's the white but, boys in basketball too. But he's uh, got but, some time in NFL. But here's the thing, though. I'll say, like, he has a real opportunity if he goes out there and wins impressively twice, twice more this year. I think he does have a shot. I mean, he has plenty of shots, plenty yeah. of opportunities. Like yeah. he, with the, the state of that division, he, he, there's a lot of opportunity for him to establish himself. He just hasn't done it yet. Right. And not for you. I, I can I can only know what's going on behind closed doors on his side. Looks right. like he's very happy on hey. Instagram. Hey man, we'll see, man. Look, dude, dude's fun. I can't wait to see him fight next. Um, we got some solid fights this weekend though. There's a couple of them. Um, quick picks. All right, who you got? We'll do, do pretty much do this rapid fire, man. Who you got? Solid fights or solid fighters? I am mm. more on the solid fighters side yeah. of things. Yeah, that's I I'm, agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was looking up some of these opponents. Like, even their Wikipedia pages are slightly rough. Um, so I'm picking the A side. Uh, both A sides here. I'm picking Vosdick. Yeah. Um, because Vosdick is good, but I'm also a huge fan of Teddy Atlas, and I don't know who this guy is. Uh, couldn't find much information about him online. So, based off of that alone, yes, boxing is a theater of the unexpected. But uh, this guy had some. If I remember correctly, he had some rough losses. He lost to who's the guy that Adonis Stevenson fought twice, knocked out in, in the second round, that second, uh, Fon Farah. Yep. Uh, he, he lost to Fon Farah. So I don't expect much here. Bozdick should get an easy win. Definitely should knock this guy out. Ryan Garcia, uh, versus Jose Lopez. Yes. 
I definitely expect Ryan Garcia to win. I'm very, very, very interested to see Ryan Garcia. I am very excited to see Ryan Ryan Garcia with Ray. Ray Reynoso, is that it? Is that it? Eddie. Eddie Reynoso. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited. I think that he's really that that was a great, great move, much needed move for him to go go over there with Canelo and really get a look at yeah. what it's like to be a top level boxer, what it's like, what the life is like, what that level of commitment, what that work is like. And I think it's going to do good for the kid. I think Eddie Reynoso is going to do some solid by him. And in just the first fight, obviously, those changes take time to go into play. But I do expect to see some small differences where we're going to say, OK, he's training with Canelo. And uh, I, I hope to I hope to see those. Uh, it may start with the body work. We'll, we'll see. But I, I'm really excited to see Ryan Garcia fight uh, fight this weekend. I fully expect him expect him to win. Um uh, I'm I'm really excited. I just want to see what's going on over there. No, nah, man, I've been I'm I've been looking forward to seeing him with uh, Eddie here, Reynoso and them. Um, I know he they were in his corner for his last fight, but they just started working with him. So I'm curious to see how he's gonna end up. Um, yeah, I, I'm just curious to see, man. He has so much hype on him. People love him, uh, but at the end of the day, again, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I don't know, man. He's he's. Um, I want to see him get in there and starch, buddy. Like, oh, I, I always want to see like that. Three, three rounds. Yeah, I, I want to... I just they feel I like... See him, I do want to see him look good. You know what like, I'm saying? I hope he looks good. I feel like we've just questioned him so much lately, and there's yeah. a lot of other talent. Uh, we got Roly talking. Um, we have, you know, people like Devin Haney, a lot of young talent, and yeah, we'll Ryan Garcia he, has... We need to see has, where he... he because he literally might be the worst out of all of them if we look at it in the next couple of years. So he, I'm really curious to see how what, how he does. He could be the worst. He could be the best out of all of them. I mean, Facts. they're all uh, yeah. so young. Um, and Ryan Garcia has is been being promoted the right right way. But, you know, I'm really trying to see a little bit. I'd like to see a little bit more from him. He has such a nice guy image. I think that hurts him. Um, and it shouldn't, he, he but got, I mean... Know what? That, he got a fuckboy image. Ooh. That's what he has. Hey, I, 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 I call it, you call it what it is. I mean, I, I think he doesn't have a fuckboy image to me. He just has a nice guy image that's going to resonate a little bit more with the generation behind us. We're getting a little bit older, Serge. So, I mean, if we're 21... We probably feel a little bit differently about Ryan Ryan Garcia, and you take away some of the positions that Deloya has put him in, right. and maybe we're not saying he has a fuckboy image. Ryan uh, Garcia didn't send out a cease and desist, so that's not his fault. Yeah, but I'm also looking at again if we're looking at the videos with him and Roley and how he dealt with those situations, him and Devin Haney, how he dealt with certain situations. Yeah, it looks a little, you know. It looks a little immature, but yo, it's immature he's because he's young. Yeah, he's young, you know, and um, and I just hope that he figures. Is he it young out. or are we old? No, he's young as shit, bro. He's twenty. Is he younger or, or are we old? Nigga, I'm thirty three. I ain't <laughs> fucking old. He crazy? Like, nah, I, I, I ain't think, old. I think we old. Nah, I mean, you you can be old. I ain't old. Shit. <laughs> uh, did, did, did we not open the pod or? 
This was a few minutes ago. We just talked about how old we are. Yo, now you want to say you're not old? No, I ain't old, man. Not like not in terms like that. Like in the shoot, I'm not. I'm not washed. <laughs> I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I'm not washed. I, I'm not. I'm not washed. But I'm definitely old enough at 28 to be slightly disconnected from the generation behind me because not pay that's just what's going on nowadays. I mean, generations move pretty quickly, and yeah. with technology, they get faster and faster. So right now, kids that are 21, I mean. Nah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a totally different world yeah totally different world man yeah man so well again we'll, we'll see what happens man um look i i i am a fan of ryan garcia i hope that he does well um i hope that this move i think this move was great for his career i, I mean i i, I think they, that's the best choice they could have made absolutely absolutely yeah, that, that we'll was see. great. We'll see what happens, man. I'm looking forward to it. Um, uh, boxing wise, man, that's pretty much all we got, man. Yo, anything MMA you want to talk about? You want the anything you heard about? Um, nothing, nothing directly. Uh, I guess it's UFC 239, looking like a real nice car. John Jones. Well, I'm, you uh, you asked me um, earlier today, man. You asked me about Tyron Woodley. Yeah, I, I think we pushed and, that out uh, closer to the fight. All right. All right, we can talk I about that. We can push that conversation out a little bit closer, closer to the fight. Okay. Um, I want to let that build a little bit. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I like the announcement of John Jones and Holly Holm uh, fighting uh, Emmanuel Nunez, Nunez, both at two, UFC 239. That's exciting. Man, you said I, it like Amanda Nunez was the challenger. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I'm wrong. Yes, um, so, okay. so real quick, for those people who do, do, do not know, Amanda Nunes is the greatest female fighter of all time. If she beats Holly Holm, she has beaten every champion, every female champion that the sport has ever had. That's how dope she is. Every in the major organizations, she would have beaten Misha Tate, Ronda Rousey, um, uh, uh, Shevchenko, Chris Cyborg. And then she goes out here. She also beat Holly Holm. Yo, Jermaine Durant. Wait, which, wait, which I'm sure we expect her to. Um, I don't know. No, dude, this is a this is a tough fight. This is a very tough fight. Versus somebody who doesn't play Holly Holm's skill set is a perfect game plan to beat an Amanda Nunes. Great movement. Tough as shit. Solid boxing. Good kickboxing. You know what I'm saying? Like, she, the older Holly Holm has gotten in her career, she's actually gotten better. She's learning a lot more. I mean, she's a she's a boxer, so I mean, she she not should a boxer. be. That's the thing. You guys say she's a boxer. She's not. She started she started kickboxing from the jump. She was always a kickboxer. She's always been around, dude. Her gym, her coach is an MMA coach. That's the team that she's always. Even though she was just boxing, fam, she's always come from that background. Uh, fair. I mean, information. I'm an M- casual MMA fan, um, and and being casual. Something that I would like to know, total side note, is where the fuck is the referee that let Holly Holm get knocked into oblivion? Watching that video, I Holm get knocked into oblivion. Boxing. Have you ever seen that video? Oh, bro, yes. Oh, like I mean, yo, yo. But you know what? She came back and beat that chick. Yes, she did. She did. She did. Shout out to her. Tough as shit. Yeah, she came back and beat Shorty pretty convincingly, from what I've seen. Yeah, but. 
that looked like it was out of a movie. Fam, I've never <laughs> seen. If you have never seen that knockout, yo, Holly Holmes got hit so goddamn hard. Vicious. Yo, like, do you remember that commercial back in the day where, like, I think it was Evander Holyfield he hit this dude, his head like flew off like into space or whatever. That's how Holly Holm looked. She got hit so goddamn hard. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't. It, it to me, it wasn't even about like the hits that she took. It it, it was. It was almost comical. Like if it has no sound and you tell somebody it's like a movie or something, they probably laugh. Yeah. Holly Holm was literally passed out, dangling from the ropes. Yep. The ref untangled her and just like put her back out there. She she I don't even know if she was she was back yet. The ref just like, hey, just hey, look like you're tangled on the she was passed out on the ropes, like, hey, looks like you're tangled up here. Let me help you. Just Damn, put her back bad. out there to get just Oh my, that was terrible yeah terrible man. referee hey holly Holm is, is super tough man she's one of the best so and this it this would this is gonna be a tough fight i don't see amanda just walking through her i think that uh holly Holm's team is is gonna have her prepared um i think it's gonna be a tough fight and and at the end of the day who this is for the goat I mean, whoever wins this, you can say is the GOAT of the women's division, you know? Mm, Not the GOAT. I mean, I think... You can definitely say you can... Holly Holm, there's an argument to be made. I'm not saying that she is, but there's an argument to be made. Especially if she beats Amanda Nunes. Yeah, but she's also lost um, to some top top people And so has Amanda Nunes. Who is Amanda Nunes? Nunes She she has like four losses on her record, fam. Like, she's lost. She I mean, to who? Fights. To um, who? She lost bad to Katzenganu. Katzenganu uh, beat her up. Um, I don't have all of her lo- wins and losses on the yeah, back I mean, of my that's, head. That's a lot to ask. Yeah, man. But at the end of the day, she has losses. So but losses don't ma- mean you're the greatest of all time. I mean, if, I, if I'm talking about if Holly Holm goes out there and beat the person who everyone perceived to be the best at all time, and she knocked her out, and then she has a little whatever's in her career, comes back, shrinks a couple great wins together, all of a sudden fights the person who people think is the greatest of all time and knocks her out too? How can she not be considered the greatest of all time? You're saying she has to ma- knock out Amanda nu- or beat Amanda Nunez and then come out That's and get what a, I another... S- an- I'm asking no, you. I'm not saying that. She knocked out Ronda Rousey when we thought Ronda Rousey was the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Not me, but people thought she was the greatest of all time. And then if she knocks out Amanda Nunes, who we currently think is the greatest of all time, and she knocks out the person who we again believe is the greatest of all time, then again, like I said earlier, there's an argument to be made that she is the greatest. I mean, she but, also got put to sleep by Misha Tate. She got she beat did, up by Chris Cy- Cyborg. Fam, I mean, not, so do you I mean, listen to yourself? Do you listen I'm, to what I'm, I'm saying? I'm, I'm listening, but I'm just talking about I'm losses saying, at the I top level. I think that argument. matters. But I said that's why I said I didn't say that she definitely was. I said there is an argument to be made. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think about that. Think about it. there's an argument to be I, made. I, I hear you. I just don't agree with you. I just don't think there's much of an argument. That? But I, because I hear MMA, you're from. You, you can't say that because you don't know the, the sport the same way. It's not like boxing where I'm sitting here looking at the game and saying, oh, this person, because they lost to a couple of championship fights, she also won a couple of championship fights. That's yep. not, the, I mean, we look at BJ Penn, who got a saucy ass 500 record, and we say he's a legend. Like, bro, we don't look at it the same way. So if I'm looking at somebody saying again, who is going to be the greatest of all time, and then I actually have to have a conversation about it, and we can say, all right, at the end of the day, and again, this is only if she beats Amanda Nunes, then I can make that argument. Because again, she's been out there, she's beat some of the best in the world. 
She has. Even though she's lost to some of the best, she's also beaten some of the best. And the ones that she beat, we can say, are the top spot. If they both said there's a top spot at the time, how can we not put her there also? That's why I said there's an argument. I didn't say it's guaranteed. I didn't say I would vote for her because I still, my vote wouldn't be her. But there's an argument to be made. So if she if she beats Amanda Nunez, who would be your argument for the greatest woman of all time, It'd MMA? The argument would be between Holly Holm and Amanda Nunez. Who would be your pick? If I don't know. Holly Holm, Holly I don't Holm, know. If, I don't if Holly know. Holm won that fight. That's I, I don't know because I don't know how that fight happened. I don't know how it, it it all depends on the way the fight worked out. If she goes out there, kicks that bitch's face off in the first 10 seconds, you know what I'm saying? Or is it a grueling fight where she proves that she is the better fighter? Mm-hmm. There is a difference. But you think getting st- starching her in 10 seconds doesn't do as much as exactly. proving she's better better than exactly. her over three rounds. It, it, five rounds. If she goes out there and dominates like Kamara Usman dominated Tyron Woodley for five rounds, if she goes out there and just washes her, then I can sit there and say, well, look, man, if, they, if Holly Ho, they went head to head, we thought she was the greatest. And we thought she was the greatest. This girl came and kicked her ass. Like I said, there's an argument made that she's the greatest. Is she the greatest? Well, I don't know. Now we can look at resumes. We can look at certain things. But Holly Holm still has an incredible resume. So, again, the argument could be made that she, if she wins, she's the greatest. There's an argument of that. And that's why I'm saying that this fight, you can say who are the winner of this fight is the greatest of all time. I hear you. I hear you. That's fair. You said that shit so smug. I swear, like... Piss me the fuck off! Like I, you could get mad, mad at me. I'm, I'm gonna let you have it. <laughs> all right, nigga. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, like, like you, you, you want an argument? Don't even me. know what to say. With you. Don't know what to nah, do. With it's yourself. not even an argument, man. Like it's just like the the, the smugness kills me. I, I I wasn't even being smug. I was you, got, right. you got I I I hear you. You make you make good points and like I, I mean I don't have much to draw off in terms of MMA. That's so. why it drives me crazy when you sit here and you're like, well, I don't know. I'm like, where are you pulling this question from? I I got I got to ask these questions. I'm I'm legitimately curious. I mean, I'm curious. I I'm All asking. Right. I'm learning at the same time. Yeah, no, no, I get it. But again, that's why. And again, that's why you can make the argument for somebody being the greatest if they fought. And again, I can't sit there and say just, you know, A plus B equals C. It doesn't work that way in MMA. It's too many factors. And, and, and that's fine. And I mean, but, you know, I, I also watch somebody like John Jones who, you know, he doesn't have that uh, that record that's gotten, you know, he's gotten beat up here and here and there. I mean, he's been pretty dominant and he, you say he's the, he's the, he's the greatest. So I see people, people like that who are, I'm used to them looking dominant and I'm like, okay, well that makes sense. Whereas someone like Holly but, Holmes, but we, look at, we look at women's MMA level. though. Women's MMA isn't as sympathy still. Exactly. And, and again, there's still great people, but again, you're not going to get undefeated. Like John Jones style, style athletes. You know what I'm saying? Like there is a, there's an adjustment period. Okay. And speaking of women, this will be next week. We gotta, gotta talk about shields and hammer. Oh yeah, we'll talk about it next week. I'm I'm ex- I'm excited. I'm really excited for that. But yeah, that's a next week, maybe two weeks out. That's uh, the 11th. Yeah, or the 13th, 11th, I believe. So, yeah, I April 11th. April 11th or April 13th. One of the one two. of the two. One of the two. I can't think. Um, of it. I don't got my calendar in front of me. Yeah, but I, I believe it's the. I think the that Saturday the sixth. The next Saturday would be the uh, 13th. So yeah, I think it's the 13th. Cool. 
cool. No, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about it that week. That's all good. Yeah, uh, but that's all I got. Cool, man. Well, yo, that's it, man. Uh, yo, I appreciate you joining me on uh, do my hundredth episode, bro. Wow, I didn't know. I didn't didn't know this was episode 100. Yeah, man. So I'm splitting it up, man. I'm gonna have you one part of it, and I said I got some guys. Like I said, tomorrow morning we're gonna throw on here, and we'll talk a little bit some other stuff. So you know, it'll be a an all encompassing you know episode. But yeah, bro, episode 100, man. I appreciate you. Well, congrats, congratulations. What do you have to say for your 100th episode? What have you learned? Any thoughts you want to share? Uh, look, man, this has been great. I mean, the last essentially year of my life i've been able to well you know it's funny uh actually wow it's funny a year ago tomorrow will be the first time we release they'll be the first that's a year from when we released the first episode wow so i mean it, it's definitely um it's been a, a great year, like a year almost to the day I end up dropping like 100 episodes, you know, which uh, that's a lot of content. You know, that's definitely a lot of content for a year's time. Um, it, it's been fun. I love the fact that, man, I, I just watch fights, yo. Like I just watch fights. Um, I, I haven't I've had an opportunity to talk to some of my favorite fighters, you know, some of my favorite coaches, some of my favorite media personalities. Um you know, I've been able to talk to prospects. It, it's it's been cool. It's been cool, man. So you know, uh, just a whole lot more coming. So be ambitious here. Who's the biggest star, and you can go MMA or boxing mm-hmm. that you'd like to have on this podcast during the course of the next year? Let, let's let's put it out there now. You know, we got to put that stuff out there in the universe. Um. Man, shit. If if I'm talking boxing, I want to get this year. I'm thinking, okay, let's think realistically. And, you know, I'm I'm thinking, you know, um, because I think shit realistically also. You know, I'm like, what can I do? And then I kind of set my goals accordingly. But, man, shit, we can have Caleb Plant on here this year. I can have, we can absolutely have like a Caleb Plant do it on here i could have uh i mean goals okay errol spence i can say obviously i want errol spence and i can or like deontay wilder <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I think i like, think someone are, like De- goals, deontay like, wilder is like super realistic he'd be on a boxing voice like all the time once a week yeah straight up no deontay wilder would be somebody i would love to have on the show i'm a huge fan of his as a person and obviously as a competitor mma wise um man uh i would love to have somebody like And Anthony Pettis on my show, which I think I can do. I mean, we, we're running similar stuff. He he he's in Milwaukee, Chicago. You know, it's not that far away. I train with some people that he's trained with, so I, I might be able to pull something off. But he's somebody I would love to you know talk to also. Well, yeah, I think those are definitely some uh, dope targets, and you heard it here first. Man, if uh, you're able to make it, make it happen over the next <laughs> year, congratulations on 100 episodes. Appreciate you, per- Personally, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to be here with Serge. I look forward to doing these episodes every single week. Mm-hmm. So not only is he doing something that he loves, he provides an opportunity for me to do something that I fully I love, I enjoy as well. Um, it's definitely a high point in my week every week. So I thank you, Serge. Congratulations on 100 episodes episodes um and uh yeah toast to uh another year i appreciate you man i do bro i do man i appreciate it yeah it'll be uh another solid year we'll get another 
hundred or more episodes. Like I said, there's a lot I want to do. Um, I'm gonna yeah, start. Me and Serge will have met by then. Hey, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm definitely um, what, what I'm gonna be working on this year is uh, I'm definitely gonna be working on um, on a number of things, man. I'm gonna be uh, um gonna try to make it to a number of events this year you know by the end of the year try to make it to at least three three of the big events um whether it be boxing or mma doesn't really matter um um also we're gonna be doing a lot more video stuff man so keep your eyes and and ears open for that you know we'll have a lot more of that coming um i'll be i'll be pretty much doing quick like five minute breakdowns um pre and post fights and that'll be on like igtv so we'll do that we want to do yeah yeah so we'll, we'll end up having those up um soon um, and we'll also start um, filming. Um, we're working on right now. We're trying to get this lo- location to record the podcast live in one of the old school gyms here in Chicago. So we're uh, working on a couple things. Hopefully, we can get that going within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think those are very, very dope, realistic goals. Um, oh, yeah. Over the next year, you're going to continue to work. I'm right here working with you. Uh, we're going to continue to grow. I mean, the sky's, sky's the limit. Um, I, I, one of the first things that Serge told me was the average fo- podcast only goes 15 episodes. Yeah, Serge, yeah. Serge has made it here to 100 a year later. He's consistent and, you know, he, he's going to keep doing this regardless who's listening. Uh, you know, he, he loves it, has a good time doing it. So, um, yeah, I'm ha- happy to be here, happy to see him and his continued success. So shout out to you. 100 episodes. It's a big deal, man. I appreciate you, brother. I do, man. I'm about to say, but yo, yeah, to another year, man. It's gonna be a good time, and um, we'll shoot, bro. Yeah, I guess this is episode hundred, man. Uh, like I said, what we're looking to do, we're probably gonna be adding some, some, some people and some other stuff on this episode. But uh, if they don't hit me back within the next couple hours, we just gonna rock with this episode. <laughs> and, and, and I was thinking, I was like, damn, like, am I gonna make it to to episode hundred? I was thinking that maybe like two weeks ago or something like that. I didn't even realize this was it. I'm happy. There it is, man. This is up, brother. Well, yo, uh, I appreciate you, man. Um, and uh, we'll see you next week, bro. Yes, sir. See you then. All right, brother. Be easy, man. I appreciate you. Braca. All right, man. Check it out. We are back. And uh, yo. I appreciate you guys staying with me today, man. I know it's been a long one. Uh, we got one of these uh, Joe Rogan length uh, podcasts today, man, with a two and a half hour one. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, I wanted to make sure that um, that we got a little bit of everything in it, man. Made the episode a little bit different. Um, I want to break down, obviously, all the fights of the weekend. Um, I want to talk, really highlight uh, one championship, man. And, um, you know, obviously, we had to get our boxing episode in there. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed it, man. Um, I'm so grateful to have everyone listening. I am so grateful to have made it to uh, 100 episodes. Um, but, yo, man, we're just getting started, fam. I'm not even warmed up yet. So, um with that being said, I have done so many plugs today, so we already know what it is. Uh, you are listening to episode 100 of the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. Enjoy the fights this weekend, people. I will talk to you guys in the next couple of days. We'll be breaking everything down. And uh, keep your eyes and ears open, man. A lot of fun shit coming soon. A lot of it, man. So uh, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. And uh, we'll see you soon. Right back here on the Fight Podcast. Peace out.